The world always has an original, whether it is in art or whether it is in every day. What happens if this is replicated and remade? Does it live up to the original? The Literary Licensed Podcast explores the world of the original and remake as we explore and see if the remake truly stands up to the original. With your host Joe Randazzle, John Wilson, Vicky Ray, and Keith Chago, where they ask the question, does the remake live up to the original? Literature License Podcast is Make Remake Week. We'll be discussing two films, the original and the remake. And today we're dealing with Salem's Lot, the 1979 miniseries, and the 2004 miniseries. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got author Jane Robson with us. Jane Robson wrote Three Little Words. How are you doing, Jane? I'm good, thank you. Glad and to be here. Got- First one I've ever done, so um, oh, I'm excited. Cool. Yay! Maybe you'll come back into board. this and we don't scare you off. Thank you. Jane... Jane always follows us on LinkedIn and um, always likes all our um, our shows and stuff. Cool. Yeah. And I do like yeah, all Joe your, your different um, reviews. Yeah. Looking at the dice to have another gal as well. in yeah. the room. <laughs> nice and we got Joe, usually Joe mainly Randazzo men, is it? with us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got everyone. Joe Randazzo with us. Hello, Joe. Hey, everyone. And Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Hey, everybody. And I'm your host, Keith Shago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Starting with you, Jane, what have you been up to? Well, I've been writing the final book for Three Little Words um, series. So I'm in the process of that. Um, and I've also written another book at the moment, which has nothing to do with horror, which I'm not going to go into because you're probably like, oh my God, what's she writing that for? So I'm in the middle of that book as well. So hopefully at the end of the year, um, I will have one of these books out. Um, what's what's the title of the series? Three little words. It's three little words is the series, um, and it's all based on the right. de- descendants of the Nephilim, who are actually soul devouring demons that Ooh. feed on the the heart well, the souls of the heartbroken. So that oh. that's what the books are about. And I've read both of them. So, that sounds really yes, you have. good. <laughs> so yeah Keith's reviewed both them and also my other book um, I Am The Walker you reviewed that as well Yeah, which was the Three Little Words and the sequel to Three Little Words Heartbreak and Revenge are both set in America Um, one basically Death Valley area um, and the the second book is more Boston Massachusetts area and I'm The Walker I use my strengths for the UK and it's based in the Fort William area uh, and it's about a loner who basically murders everybody. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, three little words. I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I've been joined writing the final one. Bringing that to a close is quite interesting. Um, the hardest bit is, I must admit, is I've got so many nice characters in the book. You'll know yourself, Keith, that the, the, the first book brought a lot of characters together. So mm. it's decided who to kill off. So the hardest bit for me. The red shirts. You I like them the all. red shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so everything's so, coming yeah. together nicely yeah they are actually yeah I'm, I'm really pleased with how it's coming I must admit I, I would have had it out a lot sooner than now but um, my my main job is I work in health and safety and environmental management and all this so you can imagine over COVID I was a key worker I was basically constantly working 24-7 updating regulations and all this so my writing had to go on the back burner for a bit of time. So now I'm glad I'm able to get back into it again and enjoy it again and spend time doing it. So yeah, I'm really enjoying writing this last one. 
So hopefully it'll be as Keith will enjoy it as much as he enjoyed the first two. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy your books, actually. I'm looking forward to it. So. Good. Glad to hear that. <laughs> and what about yourself, Joe? What have you been up to? Well, uh, <clears throat> I mentioned last week that I had um, I'd started a, uh, a, blo- a movie blog on Substack. And I, uh, a lot of the stuff that I post on Facebook and I, I took some of my, some of the stuff retroactively that I wrote in the past and I've been using it to kind of generate more content while I'm writing stuff. So I'm able to just kind of keep it up, but already in the first, uh, the first week, I've already got hundreds of views. I already have a few, um, I just got another paid subscriber a few minutes ago, so it's free, but you can, uh, you can choose uh to uh to subscribe and and uh and pay if you want to it's not mandatory but there's already uh three or four that already bought annual subscriptions so i'm basically i randomly found a way to take the posts that i would normally put on facebook anyway and monetize them so it's just a little bit well they're really they're really quite good i enjoy them when i see them coming to my email i read every one of them uh, the funny thing is, is i write these like when i like i'll watch it like i watched the movie last night and then i'll wake up in the morning and i'll while I'm still in bed, I'll get on my phone and I'll type up a review and post it. And yeah, it's not, not a lot of money, but it's, it's bringing in a little bit of money right now. So uh, that's, you know, that's, that's fun. That'll uh, I'll see how that works out. But that's yeah, not that's bad. Uh, I mean, you've been doing it for what, two weeks, two, three weeks. Um, according to this nine, day, uh, nine days or 10 days. days. So yeah, okay. almost two weeks. And I've already got a few paid subscribers. Um, that are paying annual subs. So, I mean, I don't know how long it's, how long it's going to keep rolling and getting more people, but as long as the, the posts are getting out there, like I, that was an unexpected benefit. I just wanted to put the stuff out there and if people are paying for it, Hey, even better, it'll help me uh, supplement my income. So, um, so yeah, I've been, uh, that might be a, a home for a lot of the stuff that I've written that, uh, uh, you know, if I, if I can't find a home somewhere else for it, well, then it'll, it'll go to my sub stack. Um, besides that, uh, you know, working, working a lot, work's getting busier again. Um, I recently started to, there's a, there's a, a project that's been on the back burner in the back of my mind that I've been writing for, for years and I would kind of pick it up again. And, um, it's a screenplay that's set in the 1930s. Um, and the last draft that I did, I wasn't happy with it. It was a couple of years ago. And then recently uh i've been watching a lot of movies from the 30s and that kind of got got me flowing again to where i'm like you know i can i can work this out and work this out and just kind of started rewriting it it's one of those it's been a passion project of mine for for 15 years or so maybe even more than that so it's one of those things i want to get it right before i send it out anywhere so uh recently i've been picking that back up and hopefully I'll have a, a new draft that I'm happy with maybe by the end of summer. Excellent. And what about yourself, Vix? What are you up to? Not a whole lot. Um, just tornado chasing. Trying to, trying to preserve my garden last night <laughs> from the hail. No, we, I haven't been doing a lot. Um, I'm amazed that that storm... I'm amazed that storm was big enough to get to you and me. Those are those big storms we get, the ones that have blizzards up at the front and down at the bottom. We always get the tornado part of it and all the bad stuff. But you guys got the spring that came with it last night. But that was some crazy shit last night. Just like, oh, man. It's like not again. Every Thursday for a month, 
it's been tornado time. It's just like Thursday, like clockwork every week. But um, now we haven't been doing a whole lot. Uh, but my, my dad's recouped in the hospital. He's in ICU. They had to do some um, work on his heart because he had a, a aneurysm, they found out, in his aorta. So on top of being 90 and falling and everything else, they fixed that. So fingers crossed we got, hopefully we got dad under control again. And um, uh, not doing too much. I watched this movie called Escape the Field where all these people are knocked out and put in a field. Have you ever seen that? And they've got to escape the field, this big cornfield. It's a no. massive anxiety attack. You definitely would like it. <laughs> and for all recent. of you haters out there, I loved cocaine. <laughs> I loved I, the bear. <laughs> I mean, the bear my, stole the show. <laughs> I, I have no, like, I, 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 the reviews were, you know, I mean, I don't understand, like, again, like with what I talked about going to see Super Mario Brothers and, and that cocaine, I heard. But, like, I have what, not heard one bad thing about Super Mario Brothers. Well, the, the Super Mario Brothers, it's been the reviewers that, that are, like, tearing it apart. And my, my whole thing with both this and the Super Mario Brothers movie is maybe temper your expectations to what the movie is trying to achieve. <laughs> you know, not every... Yeah, uh, not every not every movie is trying to be you know the the this great intricate uh, murder mystery set around the L.A. water wars. You know, Robert Town didn't write it. You know, it's it's the Super Mario Brothers movie or it's Cocaine Bear. You know, I I famously I, I've said in the past that I, I will repeat it till the till the end of my fucking life. <laughs> I I love Casablanca. I love Hollywood chainsaw hookers. You can love, I love both. Hollywood chainsaw hookers. Who doesn't? I, I don't. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch Hollywood chainsaw hookers, expecting to see this rousing romantic love story between Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman, and I don't watch Casablanca thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm going to see a bunch of hot topless girls with chainsaws ripping people to shreds. They're two entirely different worlds. One, they're not meant to be. Uh, critiqued like, in the same way, like I it don't like pieces. Pe uh, well, you know, I think the, the pieces is probably the reason why the rest of the world thinks that college white girls are sluts. <laughs> you know, one line of dialogue that the greatest thing in the world is smoking pot and having sex on a waterbed. But, but pieces, what was the tagline to pieces? Do you remember yeah, that? I can't remember now. Was the tagline to pieces was, It's exactly what you think it is. I don't remember that. That's the tagline on the poster. And that's what I think people should should be thinking about when they go see Cocaine Bear or Super Mario Brothers or Evil Dead Rise comes out this week. Oh, my God. I know. And I can't take Asher to that like, one. I know I no, that one's probably going to be terrifying. I'm going to have to go by myself. I you could probably take him to Redfield, though. Huh? You could probably take him to Redfield. I haven't seen that one either. But I definitely am going to go see Evil Dead. Got I mean, yeah, that, that's when you probably want to leave, want to leave the kid at home for that. Yeah, <laughs> that one, but I know, but, especially coming from the people who have rape trees, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but my, but my, you know, if you if, if you're going to see Cocaine Bear and you're complaining about the character development, you're at the wrong movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's that, a place I, for both. Yeah. There's a place for just dumb mindless entertainment which is what that that's obviously that. meant to be and there's a place for it did good at the box office yeah well of course it did it's a bear on cocaine ripping people to shreds i guess the thing, more modern way to put it is you know it's not banshees of inner sharon which but I not, still have to see i still well, have but to see you're that. not you're not going to go into banshees of inner sharon expecting 
you know, a bear ripping people to ripping people to bits and you're not going to go to cocaine. If you go to cocaine bear expecting, you know, a great performance by, by, by Colin Farrell and and Brendan Gleeson, you're not going to get it. So temper your expectations, people. I don't even make the, did it make the Rondo list? I was wondering, I think he made the Rondo Uh, list. It's not a horror movie, so it's not going to make the Rondo list. It's not considered a horror movie? No. No, it's, it's a dark comedy, if anything. Yeah, Yeah. that probably might be more up the way they should be. But I finished the Winchesters. Doesn't look like there's going to be another season for the Winchesters. Jensen Ackles kind of hit and missed on it. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody in the end, but Jensen Ackles does make appearances in it. I kind of, kind of makes me sad because <laughs> I was really liking all the Mary John characters before, you know, all the sons were born and stuff. But, and I watched the uh, Last Kingdom, the Seven Kings Must Die. Been waiting for that for a while because I really loved the series. That was pretty good too. But other than that, we've just been trying to get back to being alive. It's summertime. It's nice out. Moto sports, outside swimming, all that good stuff. So we're just trying to keep busy and stay away from drama. <laughs> Lots of drama staying away from it. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw it starting to spill over. I'm going to stay out of that one, too. <laughs> I just wish keep away from well. social media. Keep away from drama. Drama. I mean, if you it. if you look at my social media now, all I do is post about what movies I'm watching. I don't care about anything else, man. I because I'm like I, it's, I normally anything, don't, but if I anything, know that I'm gonna, I usually like to leave my bomb and then I don't argue. I leave it, drop it, leave, go, <laughs> and let them argue amongst themselves. Because you go back and they're still arguing about it two days later. It's like, geez, Louise, man. Yeah, you like you. Yeah, you can't really say you can't say the sky is blue without somebody disagreeing with you anymore. No, I, uh, it's not. It's green. Co- there are couple flat. <laughs> I, I I wrote a I wrote my my post about Scream Six a couple of weeks ago when I saw it, and what I basically wrote was, "Bill, I haven't seen. It's one. okay. It's you know, it's not the best movie in the series, but it's not the worst movie in the series." And there was one person who was in my inbox who went, "How did you not like Scream Six? Scream Six is fantastic. <laughs> when did I say I didn't like it? I didn't you say have been I didn't canceled." Like I said, this man. I said it's okay. I said it's not the best movie in the series. <laughs> Apparently, that makes me you know, worse than Hitler now. Like, uh, how could you say you don't like it? I never said I didn't like it. You've got to so, like everything, damn it. So maybe, you know, maybe maybe chill out on the hyperbole, people. A little you bit. Know, um, Calm your tits, people. It's all all right. It was uh, the same thing me? with uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I love that movie, and I, I've stated that I, I love it. I watched it for I said a half I, hour. It was confusing. I, just still it is, I gotta finish it. I've got it to is confusing. It is definitely confusing. But what I what I uh, what I had said was I I you know I love that movie I just don't think it was the best film of 2022, they which is entirely entirely an opinion. And immediately, how can you not like this movie again? How did I? When did I say I didn't like the movie? I just said it's not the best movie I saw last year. They Everyone didn't have needs a to lot calm to down. From. They didn't. They really didn't. It is a fantastic movie. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, guys, calm down. N- not everything is the greatest thing in the world. Not everything is the worst thing in the world. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, people need like to, <laughs> people need to calm down. 
people can have differing opinions on movies or whatever but i'm like when when it gets to the point where like just me like talking about a movie is getting people upset i'm like okay guys you all need to step back that's why i I don't do the twitter that much i stay off the twitter i i don't bother you know i don't hate anybody who loved halloween ends but the people who love halloween ends hate me for how much i despise they don't like me either don't feel bad (laughs) don't ask my opinion don't tag me. Well, I don't care what the subject is because I'm done not saying my mind to appease feelings. That part of me is over. <laughs> I am not appeasing feelings anymore. I don't mean, ask me, don't tag me. I'm also going to be trying with uh, with the new blog and everything to only write about movies that I like and not post about movies I don't like because I think yeah, there's a lot geez, of I'll cancel your blog. Well, I mean, it's it's not even it's not even out of fear of that. It's just more like. Why waste the time and energy talking about something? It's quite good, though. You're doing quite good with it. Don't change anything. You know, it's okay to have a differing opinion because you write. That's what I mean. I also like, like, also, like, especially within with independent filmmakers, like stuff that's mainstream. I feel, I feel like that's if you if you spent forty five million dollars on your movie, you had forty five million dollars to spend on your movie. Then okay, it's open season on you. But I'm. But when it comes to like lower lower budget stuff, like somebody who just made a movie for like fifty. 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. I'm not going to shit on that person. No, no. That person made the best with what they with what they could. Well, that, uh, that requires a lot of commitment, too. And it's not going to be Oscar material for the most part. You know, it's not. But it don't mean it's not good. Any Here's the thing, ultimately, about movies. Anybody who completes any movie, you achieved something. Because it takes a miracle to get, it, to get a movie made. But like I, you said I, a couple weeks ago, people are throwing movies out there all over the place. Like Tubi, they're all over. A, I mean, there's all kinds of titles now. There are probably people who shouldn't be making them. But I'm not going to. You know, if, hey, look, I'm not going to. In this economy especially, if you could find a way to make a few dollars doing whatever you can do, as long as nobody's yeah. getting hurt i don't care do your thing yeah exactly you know and if if you're making you know if you're making movies in your basement for five thousand dollars and you're getting paid by tubi have at it do it keep doing it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop you i might not like it i might not watch it but if you're getting it if you're able to do it do it well myself um what have i been up to basically Sverres is last week here before he flies home, before he comes back for in two months' time. So we're just sorting out the marriage certificates and all the other stuff that goes with that. Good stuff. Yeah, all that stuff for June, you're July. You're taking me out of uh, your will now that you're getting married. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, met with Nina um, talking about future prospects and um, that sort of stuff. So cool. that was interesting. And then tomorrow we're going to the cycling show. Um, picked up Ferris's new bike. Oh, that's right. Delivered. He's getting a new bike. Yeah, Wait. we got a new, got a new racing bike because his got stolen last time he was here in London. So we had to get rid of that replaced. So his his last bike, I think, was like 4,000 pounds. So now we have to get it replaced. <laughs> so like, so. But, um, but then what else are we doing? We're going to, oh, we're going to go see Super Mario Brothers in 4D at the IMAX. So we're going to go do that tomorrow. Oh, I didn't know that was released in 4D. I would have gone to see it they in 4D. They did it in 4D? Yeah. Oh, I saw Top Gun Maverick in 4D. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. really? It was in 4D? Yeah. 
I've never seen a 4D movie. I want to see one so bad. There's not, there's not many theaters that do it still. There's one theater in the Chicago area that I know of that does it. And we had to drive uh, almost to the border of Wisconsin to, to see it. Why the border of Wisconsin? That's where the theater is. The, the one theater that we knew of. What kind? Is it like an IMAX or something? Or it's They have like... Uh, what's the best thing? You've been to Universal Studios in... Uh, you know, like the Back to the Future ride or the Simpsons ride where like the seats will shake and you'll get like um like the parts where they were landing there they, they so would be like water be- spraying on your face because it was uh you know because they're landing on a naval ship and stuff like that. So the Super Mario Brothers movie is probably gonna be a lot of fun in 4D. You gotta oh, let wow. us know how that is. Maybe I'll take Asher. Well Dungeons and Dragons is still playing. We're gonna go see one of them. But it's well, motorcycle I mean, day not a- not every movie is in 4D either, so you got to find a movie that's in in I've 4D. I've never met one. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it, it, apparently yeah. Mario Brothers is so. Yeah, we're gonna go see that. We're taking my friend Pedro because his um, boyfriend died of cancer two months ago, Ooh, so he needs sorry. cheering up. So we thought, so we thought that might cheer him up, sort of thing. So that'd be quite fun to take him to that. Super Mario Brothers then... would cheer him up. And then, and then we're going to Luton on Monday to spend the evening there and the night because I'm taking what is it? Ferris, Luton. <laughs> it's, a, it's an air, it's an airport town in in, in London. <laughs> like, oh, really? I didn't there. know that. I didn't know that. But, uh, How have I not but, heard of this place? Well, Ferris is um, planes leaving early in the morning, so we thought we'd just get a hotel and spend the night there. Yeah, that, so that's that's, what we're that's do, smart. You can so. have some fun too. We can go out. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go get pick out our rings and all the other stuff that needs to be picked out and do all that. So we might as well go to Luton and do it while we're there. Spend the day there. Are we looking at silvers, hematites, organites? What are we doing? Tight, ti- black titanium. Ooh, yeah, that's freaking uh, cool. I like this. I like those Ferris. I like black titanium. It will look very <laughs> good on you. So, so yeah, that's about it. Then he'll go away, and then I'll. Uh, I have since he's been here, I haven't edited any of our shows. Luckily, we have enough dark shot, not dark shadows, but um, Doctor Who episodes. So I've been sending those out. Oh, is that what you've been doing? Because I knew you were getting kind of all right, and I knew you were fucking around somehow. It's like, what is he doing? He's jack wagoning off over there. I don't see any. I have been actually, but when Ferris goes back on Tuesday, I'll be back. I'll be. I'll get all this stuff. Don't forget to delete me and Joe's side innuendo. Oh well, yeah. When we were talking about, uh, yeah, we were talking about specific people to contact at a at a certain company to get to, to get somebody on the show. Like, oh, we're recording. <laughs> like, wait, wait, we can't, we can't, we we can't leave that in. Wait a minute. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> I'm just leaving, just leaving all these names in there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Contact this person. They should be able to reach out to this person to this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as far as uh, the film on um, film front goes and television front, we've just been watching bits and bobs i mean watch kill bill and i mean we're just kind of going through back catalog watch hairspray watch that other one what was that movie i was just talking about last week that series it was like unhinged oh beef Beef. i haven't seen it yet i i will i'll be checking that out soon i'm surprised keith i think you and ferris would enjoy it well i mean i i I didn't have nothing on this once he goes once he goes back home it'd be a part of our date night where we spend the night Watching Netflix over Zoom, so yay, long distance relationships, yay. So, but um, but yeah, so yeah, that's on our list. So we'll get to that. We're we're finishing off the boys because you know we're getting into that because the new season of that will be out in 
August. July, I think. July August. Oh, I gotta. July, yeah, August, I gotta catch up and watch last season. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch the last two or three because I forget what happened. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go it was back. Jason, Jensen Eccles, isn't it? So yes, I know. So I was good. so psyched to see him in there. Oh my god, he, I did so. not know that was him. I kept looking and I go, "That's Jensen Eccles." You know, it's like I mean, he mm-hmm. plays a great psycho. He really does for a superhero. Uh, yeah, gotta... I, I hope that I, I hope that they have at least two or three more seasons. I love that so much. Um, I've only there, seen the first no, two. Yeah, there's no there's no sign of it um, slowing down. So, well, gosh, I mean, I, the merch alone is picked up. I think it's the biggest show on Amazon. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be because I know. I mean, as much as I love Tolkien, that that there there are ten episodes that came out of Lord of the Rings that happened before the Ring, before the Ring of Sauron, and all that. They better do something different. They better before that second season comes out because well, I, the fans I, I, are not happy. After after Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, I've got you I've, can't I've, top I've, it. I was done with hobbits and fairies and elves and and everything. And it just reminds me of um Joe um what is it Jay and Silent Bob. It's like it's like but that 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 a great big argument between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings because in, in Lord of the Rings every, everything walks even the trees are walking. <laughs> it's like makes the guy throw up. <laughs> Trash I don't know. I think so I, I love all that wizards and whirly stuff. Still, I mean the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I'll never not like that. Yeah, I've never I've never been a um, swords and sandals kind of guy anyway. So yeah. all that fairy tale stuff and science. Fi- I'm not really a lover of science fiction either. So well, I like when, sci-fi, but you know, as soon as, soon as I see plastic heads, sci-fi. I just my mind shuts off. So it's just like oh, plastic head, mine off, sort of thing. So right. right. But besides that, I'm not a lot going on. And then um um I got an email today that I have to go do some script changes for that computer game. So I'll be doing that for the next two months. So, gosh. So, besides that, not, not, not a lot going on. And on that note, that takes us to Salem's Lot, the 1979 miniseries, which is also known as Salem's Lot, the movie, Salem's Lot, the miniseries, and Bloodthirst. is a 1979 American two-part horror miniseries television adaption of the 1975 horror novel Salem's Lot by Stephen King, directed by Toby Hopper and starring David Soule and James Mason. The plot concerns a writer who returns to his hometown and discovers that his citizens are turning into vampires. Satan Lot combines elements of the vampire film and haunted house subgenres of horror. What we're going to do is capture the trailer and be right back. Ben Mears has been away too long. And now at last, he's come home. The men fought at Valley Forge. Daddy, come back safe. Home to the childhood memories, to the old familiar faces, to a life unmolested by time. And with your saints, let him rejoice in your presence forever. We ask it through Christ our Lord, amen. Home to Salem's Lot, a town too good to be true. What was that? Did you happen to notice the time when the boys left? We shouldn't have gone through the woods. It's a shortcut. 
We should have been here half an hour ago. Wait! Danny, wait! Something is happening. Something terrible. Henry! Where's Ralph? Ralph. Where's your brother? Just a kid disappears, and this. You're not leaving Salem's lot, are you? I'm not leaving. Don't you understand what's happening? Do you? Yes, I do. It's in the Marston house. Good evening. I dreamed. You slept there all night? Yeah. A little tired. Didn't sleep much last night. I was dreaming. Somebody out there. Sweet, sweet dreams. I let him in. Well, it's only all just happened since... Since I came here. It wasn't a dream. Stop, holy man! You can do nothing against the master. They're breeding on one another. The vampires are creating vampires. The monster wants you. It's a geometric progression. Two times two times four times eight. There's a dead man upstairs. Bill! Yeah, you know I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Look at me. Ned Tebbett's body has disappeared from the morgue. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Bill! And Susan's in there! Run! No! Look at him! Stephen King, the best-selling author of Carrie and The Shining, takes you on a startling journey to Salem's Lot. Welcome back to Leisure License Podcast. We're discussing Salem's Lot, the 1979 miniseries. And starting with you, Jane, what are your thoughts of the 1979 miniseries, Salem's Lot? Hmm. Um, what can I say? Um, basically, the tagline on the, the movie is called The Ultimate Horror. And it certainly wasn't. It's not scary at all, I don't think. It's not a... Not one of those that you're going to go to bed at night and think about it constantly and wonder if somebody's going to come from under your bed and get you. It's not that no, kind of No, it's the movie. window. It's... When I was 12 years old, it literally scared the <laughs> shit out of me. The did, Danny Glick did it scare you? Out. It fucked me up when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like 12. See, I, I, I just don't find it. I think it's because, maybe maybe because I think the, the new one's a bit more. I think that we've been, to the newer what's one. the word? Have we been desensitized in our old age, maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, it, it didn't. It doesn't, I don't see it as being as scary as what it's been made out to be. Um, it's not that kind of movie, so it's not a it's not a real horror that you couldn't let your kids watch. I don't think. But you're saying that yeah. as a kid, you were totally well. As terrified. a kid, well, back then in seven in the seventies, we didn't have stuff like that coming out, and my mother was not about to take me to see stuff like that at the movies. <laughs> you know, so when it came on, was it CBS or NBC as a miniseries? CBS. Yes, and I just remember Danny Glick at the window, the brothers at the window. That just 
did me in for some reason. Don't know why. Well, that's the thing everybody remembers. Like every every one of us that, that saw it as, as children, those are the, the the Glick boys are what really uh, uh, was memorable back then because it's. Uh, I, I remember renting this on VHS. And for a while now, I've thought I was crazy because I was like, it was one VHS tape. It could not have been a three-hour movie. And it turns out the VHS release was 112 minutes. So a lot of what I was seeing this week was new to me because I hadn't seen a lot of it. There was a lot cut out, obviously. Um, but yeah, I thought the Glick Boys were terrifying when I was a kid, too. I, I think the reason, like, you know, as adults, we're going to find it, you know, not as scary, like, not actually scary. I mean... The reason why I don't find it scary probably is because I was one of those children that had a neighbour that managed to get their hands on every movie that was banned. Oh, so that's I right. You up, guys had the nasties over there. Yeah, we had, like, this This is tame. This is basically so tame. I it's bet it was. I bet it was. So when I those... watch it, I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen here? Oh, okay, right. There's a wee boy at the window. I'm terrified. No, because I grew up with things like the burning uh, cannibal holocaust. Yes, cannibal um, holocaust. Yeah, but I never found those scary. I mean, they're disgusting. They're 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 like. Yeah, but it's not that scared me. That scared the crap out of me. Just things like that going on in the world was enough for me. But things as well. No, um, the one set in the shopping mall, the zombie one. What was that called again? Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. The original. The guy in that that's dressed in the robes. I couldn't sleep at night after watching that movie. I remember going through at three o'clock in the morning and waking my mum and dad up and saying, I can't sleep, crying and all the rest of it. Oh, is that, really was that the, the Hare Krishna guy? Yeah. Well, I was terrified of him. I actually so I met him. It was disturbing. <laughs> I, actually, I actually met him in Louisville, Kentucky a couple of years ago. Um, the Hare Krishna guy? Yeah. Dave and I were there with one of our films and the Hare Krishna zombie was one of the quote unquote celebrity guests that they had. And it was oh actually God. it was kind of funny because I, I'm at I'm at I'm at a urinal and he walks in behind me and goes over to the other completely dressed up as a Hari Krishna zombie, just lifts up his robe to to take a piss in the <laughs> urinal. And I'm like completely demystifying the character. <laughs> totally demystifying the person. Yeah, I can see where that would demystify. But I mean the mm. uh, the the burning by the way, a little side note on the burning. Uh, the I think Vicky, I think we, we talked about this on a past podcast because there's the right. legend necropsy in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's what that's what the legend was supposedly based on. Uh, growing well, up in scissors, New York, cropsy will get you. Yeah, cropsy will get you. Cropsy will get you because there were uh, there were there was kids not that, the cropsy though that wasn't yeah the there were kids that disappeared in Staten Island that were supposedly uh, you know. Uh, killed by cropsy and that's where the uh, the basis for for the burning uh came from yes yeah but about those movies on the video nasties list like cannibal you know cannibal holocaust and all that stuff that stuff never scared me like okay it was i think it's because the animal brutality maybe yeah, the but I mean, yes. they, they grossed me out yeah. but they never really scared me they didn't scare no, me i think i think i think it, well. it, it, I, I think it also depends on, yeah it depends on what age you are and when you're watching them as yeah. well I, I'm sure my mother. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a lot of them as a teenager. You guys got to watch Cannibal Holocaust when you were a kid. My mother, no way that shit was coming in my mother's. Life. My mother had no idea what I was watching. It was my time. My parents were very religious and thought I was a very good little girl and doing things I should be and sneaking off to my neighbor's house and watching movies instead of being ah, a you were overt. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I watched anything I could get my hands on back then. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I've seen I've seen a lot of the video nasties, but I never found them particularly frightening. Like I, I think I, they were scary by today's standards and stuff that comes out now. But I well, mean, yeah, I mean, like Exorcist were, Three, that really undid well, me. The, the guy with the scissors. You know, yeah, when he came the ex- out I mean, the exorcist, the exorcist, the exorcist in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and those things were on the video nasty list as well. Yeah, yeah I can see what that. Child's Play Three was because of the Bulger case that put yeah. that on the. Oh, that's oh, is right. That what happened? Yeah, oh, no little shit. little kid said he saw Child's Play Three after he murdered. Uh, no I kidding, mean, I didn't know that was part of that. Well, well, well. Yeah. Come to find out, it was, it was actually a lie. He actually, he never saw Child's Play is Three, it? but the newspaper, but the newspaper made that into something more than what it needed to be. So the media would the never lie. It's a newspaper, well, wasn't it? So, it was. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't really know. that the media lied. It was that the kid. I think the kids kid claimed the kid claimed that he that he got it from there. Yeah, um, apparently the dad the dad um rented it. Apparently the dad rented it. They watched Child's Play three, and then they went and killed the boy. But uh, but then um and then the son took a hold of it and turned it into this huge mass media frenzy about Child's Play three, which is kind of sad because it's one of the worst films in the series. But, um, <laughs> but probably the then, worst then, film in the series. But you still then, watched it just because. No, you know? well, but then but then an hour, an hour, a year later, come to find out the father never rented Child's Play 3 and the kids had never seen a Child's Play movie. So by, by that time, the, like the court case already went through it and stuff like that. So, but we had, um, but the video nasties, I mean, a lot of, there was stuff on the video nasties that no one even saw. They just went by titles as well. Yeah. It's like, so a lot of the uh, Giallo Italian horror films and stuff like that were on there. Zombie Flesh Eaters was on there because they had the word zombie. Yes. In it. <laughs> zombie Flesh so, Eaters. And, um, so even and, though, but, even though, oh, sorry, Nico, Keith, carry on. Car- carry, no, on. carry on. Sorry. No, I'm just uh, trying to say there that even though, I didn't find it scary like I did find those horror, those nasties horror, but like scary. I didn't mean to mm. say I didn't like it. I did enjoy it. It's a good, it's a good movie to watch. It's um I love David Solner. I think he's really, really good. I love his character. Uh, I think he's he's really good in it. And it is it's a nice story to watch. And it's good. What he's I prefer of- about this bit. Eh? I said David Soul's one of my patients at the hospital at the Royal Free, uh, where I is work. He- is he yeah, really? one of my patients. Yeah. I don't know. He lives in the UK. Yeah. Oh, sort of really? Yeah, he wow. does sort of thing. I think the the other the other thing about not finding it scary is who you know who finds vampires scary anymore. Like we know they're not. They're trophy. I think. I mean, to, to be honest, the 1979 miniseries. I think at the time when it was on t- for a network miniseries, I think you know. It was ahead of its time in that in that oh, era. Rewatching it now, it, it there's a lot of dragging that goes on in this film. It's like, come on, oh, yeah. by time, Tommy Bedelia by t- and David Soul are kind of boring in a lot of it. But the thing is that they even took a chance on Salem's Lot because you had uh, Roots had just come out. You had uh, what was the other biggie that came out back then? There was oh, I mean, there, I mean, it was World War Three. There was another yes. one. There were several. There were several series that come out, and they were experimenting with this. And they said, "Well, let's try the horror genre." And they didn't. Yeah, expect well, it I mean, that, that's, that's, they had scruples. They had which which one of you Master bitches is my game mother? Came on, all that stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, what was that? What was that one with about the with Phoebe Case? Which one? Which one of you bitches is my mother? Oh, oh God, I can't remember. Oh my God, what is that? Oh. But I mean, lace. This is a, was it this lace? Is, yes. 
Yes, it was. Place. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Nor- they were North- experimenting North back South. then with all this. Because yeah. all these new video, these new, well, I mean, it was Roots and one other big one that was a big Oh, deal. the Richard, the Richard, Cha- the Richard Chamberlain sleeping with a geisha. He's a priest sleeping with a geisha. What was that oh, one? Was that Shogun. 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 And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the Thornbirds came out. Thornbirds. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, so this was yeah. the age of the miniseries. So. But I mean, yeah, as far as as far as experimenting with horror, it's only natural because horror always ends up generating a profit and generating viewers, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. And especially in 1979, this is seven years removed from uh, the Night Stalker, which was one of the you know, which I think for a long time was the biggest single night uh, TV movie. For a long time, I think up until like the 90s or the 2000s. So it was only natural that they were going to go, yes, let's let's try this with a horror movie. And what bigger mm. horror star was there than the writer Stephen King at that point? Yeah. You well, know, and- he wasn't that he's, he wasn't that big at that time. Actually, he was still up and coming because the only thing the only thing made well, Carrie come Carrie. out the year before, right? Carrie come out the year before. Two years, Carrie two years, out, before. yeah, a couple yeah, years, two years before. And then so Carrie was Carrie, still what- coming off a chainsaw massacre. But that that was but it took him a while to uh, Toby Hooper establish his name. Yeah, it was seventy four. I think Eaten there was alive. something else he, that came out with yeah, him. Eaten alive. Yeah, eaten came up, out eaten before. Eaten alive yeah, okay. There. Um, but another thing is that horror horror TV movies always did quite well. Anyway, yeah, you had the initiation did. of Sarah. You had you yeah. know, the Kate Jackson. Oh yeah, I forgot and, about that one. Oh, what's the one with the little girl in the burn uh, with the the burning bedroom? That was another one that did burning bed. Um, don't go, go in the basement. That's fair was it, don't go in the basement, or or it was don't it was don't something. Don't don't go something. Yeah. I, I might have been like don't go well, in the house. Who knows? But you also had like but you also had like trilogy of terror that came out before that. that. Yeah, so, Dead of Night. That scared me. Jane, did you see so, trilogy of terror? Did it bother you at all? <laughs> the little guy. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh my god, the little guy. All I remember when I was little, the little Karen Black. Karen Black. Karen Black, Black. Karen Black. Karen Karen Black with the eyeliner. Karen Black getting uh, uh, getting chased around by by a little doll, a little uh, yeah. a little voodoo doll, a little, a little voodoo, voodoo doll. doll that comes to life. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch it. But, I want to hear what you think. <laughs> but as they're saying, I mean, there are there are effective scenes. I I still found the Glick boy that's still kind of freaky. I thought that was quite it a freaky. Still works, yeah. You know what? Um, and do and you the, guys have the the Blu-ray version? Mm-hmm. Did you see the Blu-ray version? I ha- I watched yeah, it on Blu-ray. I have it on, did you I have did you uh, did you notice behind when the Glick boys were getting they used a crane? Yeah. To hold them up, you could see the crane between their legs now <laughs> in the Blu-ray version. I didn't see yeah. it. I, I'm going to go there, back and look it's at the there. It's there. Well, they yes, they ran it backwards, didn't they? So basically, they shoot yes, it, it with was him at the window, and then they pull him backwards, and then they. But you can't see it film. in the original movie, but you see the Blu-ray. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I hated Blu-ray only for that reason because I pick little shit out. <laughs> Same, uh, yeah. like I I, yeah. I always go to Jaws as my uh, my my go-to go for to why for I hate Blu-ray, Blu-ray. defamation because you could you could see you could see how fake the shark is. When you watch Jaws on Blu-ray, because they well, you can see the, you can see the swimmer's vagina in the middle. Of the yeah, you, of the no, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So it's an, yeah, you can. On the Blu-ray version, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. you could see she would. I, you know, it's, if you not, ever wondered, was she actually naked? She was naked as a Jaybird. We know that. Well, yeah, I mean, you but before, you didn't before see it, it was so. filmed modestly, it was filmed modestly with like lots of shadow. Blu-ray, like there's no, there's no longer, there's no longer any shading going on. It's, like, it's okay. not a P, it's not a PG movie anymore. 
And yeah, and for a seventies film, this girl was well shaved. Just put it that way. <laughs> so, this poor woman uh, never agreed yeah. to this, but yeah. yet yeah. 30, 40 years in the future JJ for all eternity. 30, 40 years yeah. in the future, fifty years in the future. Now, yep, there, there. Hey, we all enough. want our Jay to be immortalized in some capacity. <laughs> Well, this is it's how better, you do it. Blu-ray. It's better, to be it's better to have it immortalized while you're in your 20s than in your 60s, you know? So I guess that's Damn. something. I, I guess so. But, um, but I I, you know, I, have to, there's, I mean, what I did like about Salem's Lot is like seeing a lot of the old-time actors, you know? Oh, James, had, James yeah. Mason. James I did Mason. not know Marjorie Glick was his wife yeah. in real life. I did not know mm. that. James Mason is so... Freaking awesome. Amazing in this. I absolutely love him in this. I mean, like, I, I love him in North by Northwest, but this yeah. is this is so good. He is He's so, so good fantastic at being the Redfield kind of thing. It's just like face the master, your faith against his. My favorite scene completely to the whole he movie. He is amazing in this. He is so He's so cold, delightfully cold and evil. Yeah. He's I, uh, awesome. Is he got supernatural powers? I don't think so. Because he lifts up know. people and throws them for an old man. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard, really. I mean, he's a bit more, he's he's like the Renfield character, isn't he? Where yeah, he's kinda, he's I like, know. that's the Renfield. But but with a cl with class and distinction and money. <laughs> so. well, well, Stephen King wasn't, he was He's scarier than the master, I think. Look. I think I, yeah. I would like to go up against him. Yeah, I think he, he, didn't, he didn't want yeah. to do it this way. He was really schizophrenic about it. And more I, actually, the 2004 is almost more closer to the book than this one, because a lot of his story is lost in this movie, kind of, sort of, if you read the book. But, but yeah, what, what this movie gets right is, as opposed to the other one, which we'll get to, is they had the, they had the sense to combine some of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just this... You don't have like 25 people you're following. You're following a core group of like six or seven characters. And it does it doesn't make it it doesn't make it as muddled as the as the other one gets. Uh, the other thing that I really, really love about this version of Salem's Lot, um, and by comparison, I'll talk about the the town and the other one. This town, you actually feel like this is a town that's way off the beaten path. You can't get to it outside. The buses don't run there. It's very reclusive. Yeah, there's nothing you, like it. Um, I mean, it, it also is is where the the you know the, the the failure of the story in general comes in, which is why would you open an antique shop in that kind of small town that has yeah. like you know twenty five people living in it? But this town actually feels like a tiny reclusive little town, and I could see you know feeling trapped in that town. Speaking of uh, that, that little, that little, um, that, uh, what do you call it? The, the story we're talking about. They emptied Warner Brothers vaults to put all that shameless shit in there. They got a lot of that stuff from 1920s movies, 30s movies. They have stuff good. from other movies in there. You recognize a lot of stuff was because it was Alfred Hitchcock inspired. Well, of course, you got James Mason, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, the set design in this was amazing. I love. I, I love the house. I love Did you the, see how uh, the they built house. that house on oh, the Marsden the Marsden house. They I, built I, the Marsden house on this little blue house. These people still lived in it when they were filming the movie. 
I was just Fantastic. dying when I was reading this stuff. It was a blue house, and they did this $100,000 facade of the house. They could have bought or made a house. They just left it there for the price they made to, just to go around this house. But they lived in there, and they're filming, and then they made another $150,000 for the staircase and in that room. He could have bought a house. It's fantastic. <laughs> like the, the the art direction and set design in this movie like take wow. on a life of a life of its own, and it adds to like the like like the film even looks interesting at points. Like when you go in, when you finally get into the Marston house, it actually oh. it really has an eerie vibe to it. Um, and that's that's the thing about this movie. Maybe it's not uh, maybe it's not scary, but it's definitely eerie. There's definitely yeah. like an, an atmosphere. There's something off about the entire town. I think um, as well, like you're saying, it's, it's David Soul when he comes to the town and you, you see him and you see him sweating and then you see the house. I really like that scene. You can see like the fear that he's got for that house yeah. and then you get to see the house. But agrees what you're saying as well. It does feel like a town. If you look at the story of this, it's meant to be they're going somewhere remote, somewhere where not many people live because that's how they're going to get in and manage to kill people, because they're not going to expect lots of people come from the outside. Where I agree with you, this is that kind of town. And the other one, the next movie we'll be discussing, it's more like a city compared to what the, this movie that's brings. That's part of my problem with, with the 2004 version is it feels like, you know, you turn a corner, there could be a McDonald's over there. Yeah. You know, it feels like there, there's probably there's probably a train station half a mile down the road that you can take and get and get to, you know, get to a city. It doesn't like this. The town in the 1979 movie feels claustrophobic. It feels yeah, like, no, exactly. I am trapped here. Mm -hmm. And when I'm trapped, there's nowhere for me to go. And I think that adds a lot to the movie. It adds Except a lot to the, the cop you know, menace. the only smart one that leaves. <laughs> Both that, that's a great that's a great scene. Yeah. Fuck this. You're on your own. Here's my gun. <laughs> um also the um when uh uh jeffrey lewis and um uh who's the other guy when they go pick up the uh when they go pick up the crate the scenes in the truck with the crate just kind of slowly yeah. moving forward in this version absolutely fantastic um just everything about the the, the, the lighting you get the sense of how cold it is in there just watching the movie so this one i you know yeah there were parts that dragged but it's a three-hour movie it's a two yeah. you know I, I don't know did you uh did you guys all watch it in one sitting like i did or i did this you did twice yeah there are some I did parts that I, I, I did i did snooze through some bits and pieces of it though <laughs> be honest it's like but you're right about inside like, uh, the house as going. well when you get inside the house you feel like you can actually smell the inside yes, of the house you as can well, smell like yeah, the mold and the decay of the house. You're like, and oh, you wouldn't want to be in there. Hill, like it's judging everybody. You know, it's up there on the hill yeah. overlooking stuff. And it's kind of up on that hill, untouchable. And you know it's evil. You're just looking at it. You know it's messed up. It's not a good property. There's no good vibing going on there. <laughs> just, just how dismissive James Mason is. You could just, <laughs> he is drenched in evil, even child. It's Italian for yeah. goodbye. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And he goes, you haven't missed, met Mr. Was it Barlow? Was it Barlow? Barlow. Yeah. yeah. He goes, well, he might be glad and be interested in you. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just like he's so, he's, he's just, he's just evil. He just exudes evil. I mean, he does it so well. And the thing is, they had all these actors, I mean, and they, a lot of these actors were um, from uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. I think the, the, not the professor, but the little old man. Oh, what was his name? 
Oh, Elisha uh, Cook Jr., the could. drunk. Yeah. Which, yeah. Not the drunk. Way. He was in quite a few movies, too. Not the drunk. That oh, okay. It was the, the professor. Oh, 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 oh. I'm blanking on his name. Ah, he did a lot of movies, too. I know. I'm blanking on his name. And he was a heartthrob back in the day. I'm, I'm losing my Lou name. Ayers. Yeah. Lou Ayers. Yes, Lou Ayers. Um, who, um, yeah, but uh, Elisha Cook Jr. and Jeffrey Lewis are two guys that I always felt looked very similar, so it's weird to see them in the same movie. <laughs> well, Jeffrey, Lewis used to, Jeffrey Lewis used to do all those um, Clint Eastwood movies. Like yeah. every which way but loose. And yeah, that, yeah. He was always a secondary character. Yeah, that. he he was always a yeah, yeah, always a cop or the captain. He was working anything. on a boardwalk selling something. I forgot what he was selling, but when he was approached about the movie Salem's Lot, he jumped on. Oh, he was working in a fishing bait shop in Santa Monica Pier. That's where they found him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he went on to play the police captain and you know police officer in a lot of movies, and he's the guy that well, uh. What's well, up? Fred Willard went on to WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, Fred Willard went on to become, you know, a huge comedian. So, yeah, that's. And we have uh, to talk about the really jealous husband with the slutty wife, and that was fucking the car dealer. We can't forget those guys. <laughs> okay, the the most unbelievable aspect of this movie to me, even more unbelievable than vampires, is her. She was married to him. Yeah. <laughs> He, and, and for what? Apparently, the sex isn't even good because she's like, "Hey, listen, don't drink too much." Because I want. Can, oh, you blame, I can you blame her? She's this beautiful woman, and she's got this schlub at home who clearly, you know, you know, doesn't have any ambition for shit. And then, to on top, and then on top of that, he can't even fuck her. So yeah. why? So why is she? Yeah, but there? so she goes for the sleazy, ugly car salesman. There I has know. to be somebody in that town that's hotter than there's him. nobody yeah. there. Yeah. There's nobody I in mean, this town. I mean, you have. To, I mean, you do have to be weary of someone who wears satin um, boxers. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. He had the I mean, boxers on. Yeah. I mean, she, and she threw him under the bus. Fast. He tried to rape, tried to rape me immediately. As soon as, as soon as her husband walks in the door, she threw him right under that bus. Yeah, she did. He walks in with a shotgun. I had nothing. I wanted nothing to do with this. <laughs> she had raped the willing, I always say. Oh yeah, but she was totally fine. My husband's about to kill him, and I am totally yeah. fine with that. That was that, that that was the vibe I got from her. Well, they, they thought he was stupid. He was kind of goofy, but he wasn't stupid by any measure. So she kind to of. To be honest, when I first saw the when I first saw the wife, I thought that was Melanie Griffiths. That's what <laughs> I thought too. Like, by, Melanie Griffith. by the way, the the actor was George Zunda, who. Uh, did a voice on the bat one of the Batman episodes we watched last week. He went on to do quite. Yeah. He was on uh, Law, Law and Order. Order. Yeah. yeah, he did a couple of. He was he was a good. He's a decent actor. I haven't seen him. I, I, I mean, alive. he's probably he's still alive. He's probably retired. Yeah. Hmm. Like he's got to be like this was fifty years ago. He's got to be in his eighties or nineties. Well, I think now. we're coming up on its forty year anniversary, aren't we? Or forty five? It's going to be fifty soon. It's going to be fifty in a couple of years or forty. Ah, that years. makes me next, feel next year. Next year will be the forty fifth anniversary of this movie. Okay, because I was reading. That's where I was. I was doing some research. That's what I found out. James Mason was married to Marjorie Blick. Freaked me out. I go. I did not know that. But in Ferndale, California, is in Humboldt County, is where they filmed it. Filmed it right in the middle of pot fields. They did just about. Matthew had been happy. <laughs> if you're listening, Matthew. 
Well, um, I have to sit there and say though, I mean, the the film, I mean, the miniseries is not a very good adaption of the Stephen King novel, though. No, they left a lot out. If you read, even, yeah. we've all read the book, I'm sure. Well, I think, I mean, when we get to, when we get to, when we get to the 2004 one, yeah, I think we they tried. I think I think they tried to uh, keep it go to the more, book a for, more tighter. keep it more to the book, because I think where they missed out the Father Callahan character is not what he is in the book because well, the Father he goes Callahan out of the Dark Tower. Yeah, he goes to the Dark Tower series. I like that. He's, um, and he's the reason, you know, he's the he's the parasite. unclean vanquishing vampire killer is what he is. He goes out, yeah. yeah, he just goes out into the world and kicks some ass. You wouldn't know it from how they got him portrayed. Yeah, and another thing I found a bit weird is the op- the cold opening where they're in Guatemala. It's like, yeah. why are the vampires going to Guatemala? Because they're trying to I mean, find them. Yeah, them. but it's, yep. but if but if you're if you're a vamp if you're a vampire, you're not going to go somewhere where it's almost twenty four hours daylight, are you? Let's <laughs> be honest. It's like, I I think it, it was dark in Guatemala. Then I think it was dark, dark like for like four or five hours. I mean, it's close to the equator, isn't it? So let's be honest. Yeah, so no, it's close to the. It's not really. It's Guatemala. There's Mexico, and then there's Guatemala. It's. Yeah, and no, then, it's and then, not that part of the equator. It's not there yet because you got to go Panama, then you got to get into South America. Well, still, you have your daylight hours are a lot longer than ours. But I just think they were adding it to the story because they were chasing them. That's why the holy water turned blue because they were trying to. Oh get yeah, I, I I understand. It's like the cold opening and sort of thing, and it kind of bookends. And Susan wanted him back, probably. But uh, but I just thought I just thought Guatemala was just like. Why it was kind of random, I have to admit. It's random. Yeah. It was better more, off going to Alaska or something like that. I think that, it was more to give the movie like scope, you know, like make it seem bigger, I think is what the was that yeah, the book? That, I can't remember. I haven't read that book in eons. No, it's not in the book, actually. So I can't remember. The the the, the 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 book the book ending for both miniseries is not in the book, so sort of thing. They changed everything. But, um, and I think I think the only thing that where this one kind of got a little bit wrong, it would is that the town is it's because Stephen King does write about, you know, he when he, whether it's Carrie or Salem's Law or Dead town. Zone, so forth, so forth. But it's about the small town and and the town itself and the people in this town are a huge feature. And about the darkness, uh, the darkness and the scandals and the secrets and the lies and all that. And well, even though like there's Kate's a little place bit of, with a scary vampire twist almost. Yeah, and um, and I think that they they kind of hit on this, but they don't really hit on it. They don't hit heavily on it because everyone seems like friends except for yeah, you know, except for the affair going on. Really, right. it's like oh, we are a pleasant town and we all love each other, sort of thing. Oh, clean living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, that's what New England kind of represents. Pristine, puritanical, whatever. You you know they got the pretty churches everywhere, and well, you know it's just it's a very pretty, clean looking area for the most part when you go to these. But what I what I quite like if I'm going to watch anything about a small town, I like the David Lynch feel of a small town, like you know whether it's Twin Peaks or Blue Velvet, where it's like yeah. you know you have this you have this beautiful you know picturesque little town, but underneath it, it's all dirty and scuzzy. I mean this is like it's the dirt of a small town, but I mean that's what Shirley Jackson's made her money off of is right. that whole small. She did well with it too. She's become like one of my favorite authors because of that one book that I read. Is I've never read any of her books until we did that podcast. I love all of her stuff now. 
Yeah, Lavatory. You know, we live in the, the castle. is freaking awesome. And even the haunt, even the haunting, the haunting of Hill House is, you know, yeah. up there as well. But um, and Peyton Place is very big. So I think that. So I think we're this miniseries i mean nice if they kind of went in went a little bit more into that sort of thing because it is like oh we are a huge community and outside of davis whole you know stumping um some other some some guy's girlfriend i mean that's yeah. probably the only other thing that's kind of a bit amoral but everyone seems to be like church loving and we're you know, all like a bunch of and... women wanted to be had that part bonnie bedelia got it because she was like a little more girl like store lady kind of thing but a lot of women wanted that role. A lot of people wanted that role. I was surprised when I started digging into that this morning when I read that. Quite an interesting history with that. But I mean, there was a lot behind it. But you know, then again, wasn't Stephen King's drinking years still? So maybe that's another reason he didn't put up a fight. No, this is this is this is um. Is, now that's his pre pre drinking and drug era. This is his, his pre drinking, drinking and, and drug era. Yeah, his his drinking his drinking and drug era started with like needful things and went from needful is things it? to food. I thought he was already so doing forth, that. Yeah. That's why they were so good. No, no, no. He wasn't that. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that huge yet. He was. He was just on the. I mean, his books well, were Carrie selling. I mean, that, yeah. Well, Carrie, Carrie wasn't a huge seller. No, the book wasn't. But a it huge was seller. after and the it's, fact. It's, it's the stand that shot yeah. him forward and the stand the stand that's came true. out this year that's true You're right. came out. before that the shining came out i was like or the shining that was you know i you love know, the stand but that took me forever to read yeah i never finished it i i, I did it a... once i'll never do it to myself again good book we'll never do it again though i read both the director's cut version of the book and the original so i've done both oh you're a real glutton for punishment well, the problem with Stephen King is, is that um, he's really long. With all, well, it's not that he's long winded. I, I quite, I don't mind long winded. I mean, I'm a huge John Irving fan anyway, so I'm quite I don't used think to John Irving's passes. that long winded. Oh, his books are nine hundred to twelve hundred. Well, pages. yeah, that's true. They are <laughs> so rather like, long. I digress. Okay. But uh, I mean, even even the one I'm reading now, his new one is it's very good. But it's, I mean, it's well, I very, don't put that. I don't equate that with long-winded. I equate that with just taking forever to get to the point sometimes. Well, that's what I think is long-winded. Yeah. Well, Stephen, Stephen King's way of writing is grandfather on a porch telling you a story as he's rocking. And then he kind right. of lulls you in. And, he's, and then you kind of get lulled into a story. And that's how I think of Stephen King. The problem with Stephen King, though, is... He's not very good. He's very good at setting up all the set pieces and everything like that. He's not very good at how to end anything. His endings are always really bad. He always has bad endings. Who's you know, Stephen King? Stephen King's he, endings are always really bad. He jokes about it in uh, it chapter two, Stephen King's cameo. He comes in and talks about the uh, the, the writer and that going, ah, I like it, but his endings always suck. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> That's yeah, you're you right, know, are you? <laughs> Yeah, his, he ending, his endings are always good. Did he make a cameo appearance in Salem's Lot? No. No, he didn't make one in this one. No. Okay, I couldn't remember. Before, yeah, like, uh, he, he. when did he start doing that? Because he didn't in The Shining either. Probably, the first time I remember well, was in Creepshow. He hated The Shining, so I don't think he would have appeared in that one. He hated that. Oh, he was so. in The Shining. He's in the, the picture for the, the end of the movie. He's in the picture. With oh, Jack is he? Yeah. And yeah, he's in there. He's okay, in there. Well, is he? All right. Yeah, okay. I forgot. Uh, okay. Yeah, creep, creep show, creep show. He's definitely in, but he wrote the screenplay for that, so that wasn't. That I love wasn't, how he yeah. turns into a plant. That wasn't based <laughs> on his stories. He just straight up wrote the screenplay. I thought that was great. I loved it. He turned into a plant. I know. He was, I mean, shit. He, he, 
I mean, Stephen King to acting is like Quentin Tarantino to acting. It's like it probably shouldn't be done too I often. I like you, T's acting. <laughs> <laughs> I love him in From Dusk Till Dawn. And, and if anyone's actually, seen especially Matt, with Selma Hyatt seen, sticks her boot heel in his face and starts spitting the heel all over. That somebody sent me a meme of that this morning. Be like, yeah, Quentin Tarantino wrote a scene where Selma Hayek puts her foot in his mouth and he drinks tequila off of it. Well, he has a foot fetish, doesn't he? The guy with a yeah, guy with a well-known foot fetish. Oh yeah. my god, I thought it was. But, awesome. um, but I mean, um, I mean, I'd rather have Stephen King writing than directed. If anyone's seen Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> I like Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive is one of those movies that's oh man, I it's liked it. good for how bad it is. It's it, it like goes it. off the rails. Well, I the, like wor- the worst thing the, the worst thing like about it is that now that the, because it came out before The Simpsons, it wasn't so bad. Now that The Simpsons come out, it's like every time you see a yearly Smith, you think, oh my god, it's Lisa. That's Lisa Simpson because her voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, little known fact uh, uh stephen king's co-director on maximum overdrive was cocaine uh, yeah <laughs> that would explain all the need for oh yeah well but stephen king doesn't remember writing pat cemetery cujo most of his books he don't remember writing God he says that you know because he was, he was it, on how, drugs I mean, and how, alcohol how does being that hammered bring out brilliance uh. I mean, also, how I like, I, I wouldn't be if I wrote like what, what, how many novels has he written? I probably wouldn't remember. All of them he, he, come, he, he comes out with no, but he, he writes three or four novels a year. I, you know, when, when I first started reading, I first started reading Stephen King in about 77. I uh, think Sam's Lot was the first book I read. Um, and I started reading them. And I was, you know, when he was coming out once a year, it was fine. Started. When they started coming out that many, I saw, I, couldn't keep up i feel like other other people are like great and and they vary and they vary in degrees as well about what's good or not and you can see where he's run out of steam and you can see where some brilliant i like the dark tower series now i I think that's when i stopped though has he ever had a thought he didn't write down (laughs) who knows well he he only writes two hours a day that's his job really he writes two hours a day yeah he gets up and basically at 10 o'clock, he goes in his office, writes for two hours and stops. And then does well, he's rich. He, does. he can afford to write for only two hours a day. Huh? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but to be but to be honest, uh, there was those years where he got really bitter. After he got hit by that truck, he's like, you don't want to read those books. He got he was bitter about everything after that. After he got hit by that truck. Then everything was just like really bitter. But he seems to be coming out. Now he's not writing horror anymore. He's writing murder mysteries. That's what he writes now. So. Uh, kind of horror adjacent in a way so it's yeah. um did you ever see kingdom hospital his uh remake of lars von trier's the kingdom i haven't even yeah. heard of that one it was a it was a mini series about eight i think it was one hour a week for eight weeks I and uh, heard some of that. the main character is jogging and gets hit by a truck and ends up in uh, ends up in a hospital where all this creepy shit is happening and it's i really enjoy hospital it. Kingdom Hospital, yeah. Kingdom, Kingdom Hospital. It has um, it has that actor from the eighties who always looks like he's constipated. Um, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> he does. He does. Oh my god. He always looks like he's constipated. He's <laughs> like every every like he's like he's like a, like a bowel movement. I'm having a thought. I'm in love with you. Bowel movement. It's like everything looks like he's got a bowel movement. <laughs> it what was, was that McCarthy. movie that him and Rob Lowe were in together, where they were shoving all the pot plants and stuff down there, and he Jack sets in it. There, he's having an affair with her. Oh, uh, class, class, class. Okay, that's I always think of well, him in that. 
And Saint Elmo and Saint Elmo's fire yeah. when he has to tell um uh, yeah, tell Ali Shady loves her and looks like he's basically um constipated during that whole. Yeah, sequence. I guess he so kind like, of looks strained in a lot of his scenes. Even in even in mannequin, he looked more strained than the mannequin. <laughs> you just don't like him. That's up. <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with him. But it just every time you see him, though, he just, he just has that look of constipation. I don't know what it is. I don't know what school he went to, but whatever did it made him money for a while yeah he is but, you don't see him anymore that's for sure i wonder whatever happened to andrew mccarthy he had a bowel movement and he can't act anymore he blew up. <laughs> i'm trying to find uh where where uh, you can watch and stream kingdom hospital and i it might not be streamed. i know i know it was released on dvd at one point so I don't even know if I want to watch any Blu-ray stuff anymore. It kind of ruined shit for me. Well, this was never released on Blu-ray, at least. But, no, it wasn't uh, released on Blu-ray. Well, he but was on uh, VH1's hot one now. No, Orange is the New Black. That's right. He was on Orange is the New Black. I cannot find it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where you could see Kingdom Hospital at this point. He played Dr. Hook in Kingdom Hospital, appeared in five episodes of the 2005. Well, he was an E-ring, but that's pretty much it. Spiderwet Chronicles, he had a minor role. Gossip Girl. Well, that is a shame because I actually really like Kingdom Hospital, at least when I saw it in 2004 when it came out. That. that was a Stephen King thing. Yeah, ABC you can get on DVD. That's, about that. that's it, yeah, mm. just on DVD, that is it. Doesn't yeah. seem to be stre uh, streaming anywhere. But yeah, I, I would suggest that I really like Kingdom Hospital. So if uh, you guys are listening and want to, looks like you might have to find it on DVD. So it was, I remember oh, okay. watching it. I, I didn't liked know it. that existed. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I it's, a, it's it. a remake yeah. of uh, Lars von Trier's The Kingdom, which was a um, that I am familiar with. Danish series. Yeah. So uh, it's very good. It's a very good remake. Um, only how many seasons? Did they only get only one episodes? season. It was only like eight episodes, and that's it. it was, but yeah. that, that, but they is there is there some kind of summation to this, or are you left hanging? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a beginning, no. middle, and an end. It's, it's only no, it was only yeah, it was only meant to be one season, like a mini series. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a, a mini series. Yeah. It was not meant to be anything more than that. Okay, but I mean the I mean the bad thing I mean the bad thing about Salem's Lot actually would start the Stephen King's mini series thing that would take off after this sort of thing and we, and got, we got some stunned yeah we got some good ones we got some terrible ones but yeah yeah there's... we got some i mean crush number one's like the tommy knockers oh boy tommy knockers oh, oh, never again infamous for being one of the really bad ones that was oh. so freaking bad i can't even i there's a couple redeeming qualities but when i remember them i'll tell you but there's not many. I, I just love Alice Creech, and I hate when that, I just did not like her in that role. And I normally love her. There, you know, with Stephen King, there's always it's always a mixed bag. And, and it's it incidentally, when he doesn't like the movie version, it turns out to be a better a better version. Mm -hmm. Just so strange. Because the I love the shining. The, the Kubrick Shining. I, I like the McGarris Shining. I don't hate it. It's just not as good as the Kubrick version. Um, because I think King is hard to adapt because there's so much going on that you have to be able to balance it out. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of, um, movies and miniseries fail to do it. Well, I think, I think out of Stephen King's adaptions, there's only been, there's only a handful that have been very successful. Misery 
Carrie. Misery is fantastic. Carrie is one of the greatest horror movies yes. ever made. Dead Zone. Dead the Zone. Cronenberg Dead Zone, yes. I, yes. I, would, I would agree yep. with that. Uh, so. uh, 1408. I think 1408 is fantastic. I like 1408, yeah, that, too. Uh, the Mist. I'll give them The Mist as well. I the love mist, The Mist, but yeah, The Mist is just a sorry. Da, 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 I've, never, I've never seen it. I've got to see okay, The Mist. Well, I'm just gonna <laughs> say, I won't mist, say why, but the but the end is the biggest ass thing yeah. in film history, as far as I know. I'm, bu- I'm buying the mist right now. You gotta watch the, it so the, you know what I'm talking about. You'll know. Yeah, the the mist the mist is next in adaption, which is all his short stories seem to adapt oh. better than his long winded. Well, how, how do we get Shawshank How do we forget the Shawshank Redemption and the Shank Green Redemption. Mile? How do we forget Green those? Mile as well. Nobody has so. done Stephen King better than Frank Darabont. Shawshank Redemption is part of Americana now. That that is just epic. Oh, and we have to give him sta- and we got to give him Stand by Me as well. Oh, oh yeah, God, Stand yeah. by Me. Yeah, Stand by oh, Me. I know we're forgetting something. He's got. Oh, stuff we, we're always going to forget something. Yeah, we well we've watched. The well, movie. but I have to sit there and say you know, but you know, okay, there you know, if you look at all his things, I mean, that's seven films that we just mentioned. Oh, the now, 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 and now, if you see how many of his stuff is being turned into films, all every five minutes, sort of thing. So I, I think he's quite hard. I think that it seems like his best adaptions come from people who have a very strong vision. I mean, if, if you look at, you know, if you look at the films we just mentioned, Frank Darabont, Green Mile and Sawshank Redemption, Brian De Palma, Carrie, Stanley Kubik, The Shining, um, Rob, Rob Reiner, Misery and Stand By Me. You know, yeah. right there, I mean, you got these really strong directors with strong yeah. visions and strong directing. So I think... You know, I think that's probably what he needs. What was the last one that they did? What's the last thing they've done with Stephen King? What's the latest? The Stand just got a remake. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Don't get me going on the end of that. I like the original Stand. I love the original Stand. It's one of those movies. If I'm cooking, I'll put the Stand on. I did not like the second one. Mm -hmm. I I haven't seen the new one. I don't even know why that was there. I have not seen the new version. Well, um, well, the the original the original miniseries is well done. It's very, very well done. done. But <laughs> the 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 thing about the stand is a bit like the like it. The first part of the stand is fantastic, yeah. and then you get them in Boulder, yeah. and then it's like, and then they have to go to Las Vegas, and then it kind of all gets kind of convoluted. I do like but the book is, like is, as well. is is flag though. I do love him as flag. I love Scar's guard though. Mm. Oh, Skarsgård uh, flag in the new version. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Bill, new version. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. Bill, but in, yeah. but in the original, but in the original, you do have, you know, I think I think the original Stan miniseries is better than the new one, sort of thing, because you have the Molly Ringwald and the and the whole disease thing, because it's still it's still from a more linear storyline. Yeah. So you yeah. got you saw you got to see the disease like just just basically just flow through this whole country. Yeah, and I thought that worked out really well. But, you know, the problem basically is like Stephen King, the ending and when they get to Las Vegas and then things kind of get a bit messy. But yeah, we also get that with it. it. But yeah, I was, same problem with it. You got the kid. The kid story is fantastic. Then right? you get the adults and it's like, uh, and then you get that spider turtle thing. I don't know what the hell that, that was. The new I it. I, I right just now. didn't know. what well, it was in I the novel, too. Know. It's in the Whatever novel. That, yeah, a, that was in the novel. That's the novel, yeah. but he, but even even the even the miniseries, the original miniseries of it, the first half is fantastic. Then you right. get the second half, and you got John Boy Walton, and you're just like, oh god, when's this ending? If it wasn't for Tim Carrey, 
And for I didn't some really reason, like it. I liked he it. He saved it. And for some reason, and I like Andy mm-hmm. Machete as a director, and I hear his his movie The Flash, I hear is going to be fantastic from test screenings. For some reason, when Andy Machete did his adaptation, chapter one is like a hundred something minutes. And right. then he just decides to just do chapter two as like this three hour slog of a movie. And uh is they they redoing? Are they redoing the Flash? Somebody it's else doing it? Yeah, it's been yeah. it. Uh, it's being held up because of all the issues with uh, uh, Ezra Miller. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Ezra, you can't Ezra really Miller's cut Ezra Miller out. Gro- no, he's been, yeah, he's been gro- apparently he's been grooming, so that's caused. I just problem. saw that, man. But yeah. they were allegedly, and uh, yeah, apparently taking taking uh, a mother and kid hostage. Or, yeah. uh, or or some kind of like brainwashing and stuff like that. It's like okay, I just can't well. believe that young man is that fucked up in the head. That sucks. Well, I mean, it's it's fame. It, well, it's, I mean, the, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. We well, don't yeah, know yet, that's true. So. Yeah, this is this is going on all the all the various news stories that we've read. So yeah, so, um, but yeah, yeah they've been they've been. I mean, apparently, there's no way to cut. There's no way to cut Ezra Miller out of the movie. No, you can't. Yeah, so there's nothing. Well, he's the Flash. Are they going to so. use him? Are they going to use him still? Or I bet they have to. He's the, fl- he's, he's the Flash. He is the Flash, <laughs> but they could sneak another skinny dude in there. He's a total. No, it's already filmed. filmed. No, no. It's already it's filmed. filmed. Don't think they'd filmed. To, they'd have to reshoot the whole movie. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I had no idea because I my my grandson just loves the Flash. He loves the series. He just loves Flash and Shazam. So mm-hmm. you know. He doesn't ever have to know about all. I would never tell him that. Let him enjoy the movie for what it is. I'm just Uh, saying, no, he loves it. And I would like for him. I didn't know there was a new one coming. I I, I had somebody the other day tell me that they refused to watch a certain movie because a certain actor's in it. If we're going to start this and we're going to start going. I love all of Harvey Weinstein's shit. There I said. If we're going to start saying. director. If we're going to start saying, I'm not going to watch this movie because this guy is in it and this guy did this terrible thing, where does it end then? Yeah. You know, where does it ever end? No, you got to stop this cancel. Every, every movie, every movie ever made, every movie that is ever going to be made is going to have someone on it that has done that, something that up. has done something absolutely terrible. And there's like, nothing like we could do Like Alec Baldwin, who gets away with shooting people on his set. <laughs> There, I mean, anyway, there, it was um, her fault. It's, it's you know, there's nothing, there's nothing we could do about it. You know, if you try to, if you try to not watch every movie that has somebody problematic well, in it, you never, reading, don't ever watch a movie again. After reading that book, Babylon, cover to cover, I wouldn't yeah. see any movies if I was upset about somebody's perversion. Exactly. My God. But yeah, but uh, the way we got around this was Andy Machete doing his uh, his versions of it, and I inexplicably, for some reason, I don't know why, he decided. I, I knew he had tried. I just didn't know there was a new movie coming. He out. decided that the that the the adult part of it, which is, you know, basically universally, everyone says is the weaker portion. He decided inexplicably to make that into a three hour movie, and the he first. Did. It chapter one, I think, is amazing. I think it's a fantastic. You talking movie. about the new one or the old? Yeah, the, well, I mean, the, the, the new even, one. Even yeah, even in the old one, the first half is the better half, and but then here, you know, the, the it it chapter two is just a boring slog of a movie. It yeah, like 
I, I like, well, it does get a little more climatic, but it takes a while to seem to tell the story sometimes. And I mean, that's well, what I'm saying. The only problem I had with this Salem's lot is I love David Soul and I love Bonnie Bedelia, but they were kind of boring. Yeah, you know, as far as characters, kind of milk toast, yeah. yeah. But they, until they really they had, had they, going, there's, going there is there is no there is no sex appeal between these two actors. Not between them, no. There's no chemistry at all. There's I no thought chemistry. Maybe there's more chemistry with the the uh, the on-screen husband Bonnie Bedelia is more famous for having. She's Mrs. McLean in the Die Hard movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's her, well, David her. David David Soul had more charisma with his car and Starsky and Hutch. So. <laughs> yeah. And don't, he went forget, on, don't give up on us, baby. And he went don't on to do uh, World baby. War Three, the World War Three miniseries. Yeah, I, I think David's well, a great actor, yeah. though. Interestingly enough, um, I saw David So on stage do Jerry Springer the Opera here in the UK. I didn't I know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was in Jerry Springer the Opera. So was he, he Jerry, Jerry Springer? Springer. <laughs> yeah. He was. he was excellent. He was fantastic. It's a, it's a, you, you, you'll see, you can see scenes on YouTube of him playing that part. They're finally taking I, Phantom of the Opera off Broadway after this 40 years of running. Oh, I was wow. I had no idea. That made me sad. I had no idea. It made wow. me a little sad. One of my favorite. I love it. Just love it. But yeah, let me. It let was me, fine. Uh, it, was, it was okay. I mean, oh, it was and fine I, first day. I saw it in ago. Her Majesty's Royal Theater. It was very good. I guess the other cast member that I want to talk about here is probably Reggie Nalder, yes. who was Barlow. Um, and this who is also played in a lot of other stuff. This is probably the le the least scary I've ever seen him look. In, in yeah, I, I, I if you've ever seen too. this man, he is, uh, he is. He can only keep those contacts in for fifteen minutes at a time. Because it was so painful for him back then. They had those in his eyes, the, 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 the whatever those were. But he was but, another guy. He did everything from you know from Hitchcock. He was in Mark of the Devil. He was in a lot of Hitchcock, and he was and he was in porn. So he he yeah. did a lot I didn't know of about things. Porn didn't know about that. But uh, he's got the facade for it. I don't I don't know about the facade for porn. <laughs> but, <laughs> you can stick anybody in porn. Uh, all you need is a hole in a pole production. That's all you need. <laughs> but yeah, he he made this the same year he made Dracula sucks. So he made yes. Dracula's dog too, or some shit. Yes, he's in Dracula's dog. <laughs> he, Dracula's he is. Dog. I just watched that recently. That movie is every bit the I garbage that again. I wanted it to I be, and I loved it. I loved it. Watch it this weekend again. I absolutely loved every minute of that movie. With the, 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 the I mean, maybe, not, maybe not the dogs getting getting massacred at no. the end, but I love I love how at the end there's this cute little baby Rottweiler with some scary music played over it, and that's that's supposed to make us think, oh, that's scary. That's Dracula's dog. Uh, but I loved everything about that. That movie was schlock of the highest order and i absolutely adored it i adored it. and jose ferrer is showing up in that movie just and he is playing he this really been hurting for work <laughs> yeah I, he, how could he be though he probably was just whatever i'll, I'll do it you got but he's he is so much fun because he shows up ready to give an academy award worthy performance and this is not the movie for that no, <laughs> but I absolutely unabashedly love Dracula's dog. I, I just watched it recently. Of, when you're watching, was it Wayne's World? And you have the regular gas station guy talking about there was this little girl down on whatever. Yeah, street. can we do He's better than this? We can't do this. They bring in Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gordon Street. Ryan. I once knew a girl that lived on Gordon Street, but yeah, that was a Gordon long time Street, ago. Yeah. Good girl, <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, uh, Reggie Nalder, if uh, Mark of the Devil, probably is probably the most recognizable uh, I've ever seen him. Uh, what else have I seen him in? Uh, he's in the Manchurian Candidate. He's in. Yeah. Uh, he's in the uh, the remake of the Man Who Knew. I didn't much. even know that was him until this morning. That's I did not look it up about the cast as much until I looked. Oh, Argento. He's oh, the Bird God. with the Crystal Plumage. He was in the Dario Argento movie. Uh, yeah, he's in Mark of the Devil the one and two. Yeah. Mark of the Devil 2 is impossible to find now. I'm glad I saw it when I did. Really? Yeah, it's virtually impossible to find. Oh, uh, it got released on VHS in like the late 90s, and that's it. It's probably on YouTube. Somebody's probably got it up on YouTube somewhere. But so yeah, before we move to Salem's Lot 2004, should we rate Salem's Lot 1979? Let's do it. Vicky, how many stars do you give Salem's Lot out of five? Oh, I'll absolutely give this one five, just for the Glick boys alone. Scared the shit out of me in my prepubescent years, they did. But yeah, I, I love it. It's got, I, I love the vampires. I love all the, the nostalgic actors. James Mason is just utterly dark and evil and Great performance. It's, it's deliciously great, great so. Story. <laughs> Ace the master. <laughs> what about yourself, Joe? How many do you give it? Uh, had I, had this been the 112 minute version that I saw as a kid, I probably would have gone a full five. This did drag a little bit initially. When I first wrote the notes down, I gave it four. After seeing the next version, I decided to up it to four and a half because I was like, okay, I can. <sighs> We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, I, I absolutely, I, I love this movie. I, I love the 79 version. It's, it's eerie. It's creepy. The practical effect. What's up? Toby Hooper did a good job. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Toby Hooper when he was still a great director, you know, he he's had his hits and his misses and uh, for all his misses and, you know, he made a movie about a killer dress for fuck's sake uh for who all did his the killer jeans who did jeans oh that was uh slacks that was a recent one i don't know i haven't slacks. seen it l-a-x-x oh my god I, I, haven't see, I, I haven't seen that one yeah um, but yeah he made he made a movie with uh with anthony perkins about a killer dress so you know he uh That's toby right. hooper you know poltergeist texas chainsaw massacre life force uh in the invaders from mars remake eaten alive he's made a, a texas chainsaw massacre at one and two he's made a lot of great horror movies i think this is um this belongs up there with him i think it's also one of the better stephen king adaptations even though it's straight away from everything a little i think they were smart enough that they realized that by combining a lot of the characters and combining a lot of the storylines it, it makes the whole uh, the whole film flow better. Now, it might not be better as an adaptation, but maybe if this was an eight part miniseries, you would have had all those characters. It would have worked. It would have worked out because you had time to flesh it out. But in three hours, you really weren't going to have the time for that. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love this movie. Um, I'm going to have to seek out the 112 minute version because I knew it. I was like, I can't be crazy because I know this movie was not three hours when I saw it. Um, it does drag a little bit, which is why it's 
four and a half for me and not a five. It doesn't feel like it's three hours. So that that's a that's a plus. It does drag a little bit, but I think a lot of movies do. Uh, four and a half easily. What about yourself, Jane? How many do you give it? Um, I'm going to give it a four because I think compared to the next one we're going to look at, David Soul's a lot more of a hero kind of character than what we're going to discuss next. I do like the story, the general story. I think it's really good. Um, but as I said, it just didn't scare me. It's not like a movie that really gripped me completely, if you know what I mean. Um, I did like it, but there was just some bits of it that I found a bit boring. So it's a four for me. I'm going to give it a three. Um, I, In my memory, this is a five. Rewatching it. I really struggled. I had I really struggled. I watching still this. love it. I just did I don't you, know why. Did you maybe it. also see the two hour version? And that, that's why no, you're giving it a no, five. I, I saw, I know, no, I didn't I saw even know the, there was I, a two hour version. Well, there there's a two hour theatrical version that they released in Europe. Um, and that was the version that got I, released on VHS. Uh, VHS in the US. No, I I saw I saw the full it. I saw the full thing. It's just that by the time by the time the Glick Boys happen, and then then you have to wait. And then until Barlow comes up out of the kitchen, out of the kitchen, off the kitchen floor. And I just got to myself as like, I like that. There are bits and pieces I like, but I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I was excited about watching the original because I loved it as a kid. So when I, you know, so so watching it again, I struggled. It was it was just too long. It was too overwinded. I wasn't invested in anyone. David Soul, I think he I don't think he was. I think he he was okay, you know. I James Mason, he, he that's the reason why he's got three stars. James, James Mason, Mason is fantastic in this. James Mason really and, is the best thing in this movie. He makes sense. and and uh, and then if you look at all like these fantastic character actors, and they're all kind of wasted slightly, and they could have made so much of them, sort of thing. But you know, as far as the way it looked and had that seventies vibe and stuff like that, I didn't mind that. It's just kind of like. If if I if I I won't it'll be a long 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 time before I will actually sit down and watch this again. So that's why I'm giving it a three. On that note, on that cheery note, we'll get to Salem's Lot, the 2004 <laughs> miniseries, which is a two-part television miniseries. It first aired on TNT on June 20th and ended its run on June 21st, 2004. It is the second television adaption of Stephen King's 1975 vampire novel, Salem's Lot. Although the novel and the original miniseries were both set in the 1970s, this version updates the story to take place in the 2000s. The story is still set in a small main town, but the miniseries was actually shot on location at Creswick and Wood End in Central Victoria, Australia. So what we're gonna do is cut to the trailer of Salem's Lot 2004 and we'll be right back. I used to think nothing happened here. The truth is everything happens here. A dark secret. And we meet your partner. In his own good times. Awakened by a mysterious stranger. I saw a plastic bag in the back seat. Was it little boy size? 
was head size. This June. I know your name! What about the house? It scares me even to this day. An old friend is coming home. Life is such a precious gift. I don't know how to stop it. Based on Stephen King's best-selling novel. Let me in, Danny. What's happening to this town? Rob Lowe, Andre Brower, Rudger Hauer, and Donald Sutherland. Salem's Lot. Don't miss two nights of suspense beginning Sunday, June 20th at 8. I happen to like it here. Only on TNT. Hello, welcome back to the Literary License Podcast. We're discussing Salem's Lot 2004. So, Joe, what are your thoughts of Salem's Lot from 2004? So, sorry. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> the, one of the most boring first hour and a half I have ever seen in any fucking movie and I've watched full moon movies I've watched I've watched the evil bong movies and this I is one of the those... evil bong movies don't be pissing me off I like the evil bong movies I, I've, I've seen five or six of them so far I haven't seen the whole series so clearly there's enough of them that enough of that to keep me coming back right but this was the most boring white wall hell that I've ever had had to endure for an hour and a half was who the fuck was the set designer they just shoot in random motel sixes like why did this why did this is bland white wall hell for the first hour and a half i could not for the like i too many characters the ending did you get the ending was he dead is he alive is it leave room for a second whatever i I don't know if they thought they were going to get a second one like i'm just wondering where you think they left off at did they think they hit this out of the park i don't know like dude oh my god uh there's too many characters uh that's that's a first thing like if this was if this was a full series like this was going to be like there like there's too many things going on with too many different people if you were to do what the Hooper version didn't consolidate a lot of them. This movie would have been a lot better for it because there's too much to follow and not enough time to get invested in anybody, yeah. which is why I ended up just being bored with it. Cause I'm like, why are, why am I trying to follow around 25 different people? And it works in twin peaks because twin peaks has this quirkiness about it. Yeah. And ultimately it became a, you know, it became a series on its own, but also because David Lynch is one of the best directors to ever live. Yeah. Um, it did not work here because I, I don't know if they were going for that kind of, who did you that? Mikhail Salomon or something? Was he, he, he was still working until 2014. So, hey, look, you know, nothing against the guy. Go go do your thing. Go make your movies. Go. Well, they do both. They both movies retain primary elements for the source material. I mean, it's there because their bar, their Barlow was a little more what the book had him as instead yeah. of the Nosferatu well, kind of looking dude. Well, Rutger Hauer is the and best he thing in this movie. in that scene where he gets staked. That was all ad-libbing, most of that. Rutger Hauer's Yeah, because Rutger, 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 because Rutger Hauer refused to learn his lines. Is, is that, that what why? happened? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like Rutger Hauer. I don't know about that. Good, good, good. Fuck this movie. Good, good on Rutger Hauer. <laughs> um, Rutger Hauer said it was a job. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I think I think this is like the Shining miniseries in a lot of ways, and they try to go for a more faithful adaption of the book of the right, source material. Right. And there are some things I think that they got right. I love, I like the narration, the Rob Lowe narration about yeah, the I evilness like of a small mm-hmm. town, and and mm-hmm. and I like that bit because it kind of flushed out what this town is. There's not, it's not this picturesque little town and all this. And to be honest, 
and I, and I like what how it matches with the book that basically Salem's Lot, the reason why this all happens is because they're saying that they get what they deserve. Yeah. Because if they, because they, because if you look at the history of Salem's Lot, which you get in the book, and they do touch up on this, the witchcraft, Salem, and the, 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 yeah, not just that, but the, the murdering gangsters. of children, yeah. yeah, the the gangsters, the the raping of women, the pillaging, the, the killings, and all that, yeah, and 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 this and this is this town's history, and these people that live in this town are all descendants of this. They don't get new blood moving into this town. And so when you get this history and they do touch up on this. And the thing is, is and I also like the simple fact that um, Donald Sutherland's completely mad in this, which I think. He yeah, he is. He's home. like the, he's like the uh, crazy so, so scientist or something. But the, but they, but they think what I liked about this is the whole mythos of vampirism is that you have to invite them in. Right. So he couldn't, so he could not buy this place he had to be given this place and he got and for the trade-off and i like that i like those kind of aspects i also like i also like the aspect of like you know that barlow is basically sleeping in at the bottom of the boarding house which happens in the book what i don't like is the way that they pay all this stuff off because it all just seems to be all over the place where if i think if they were able to film it in a, a certain way i think all the elements are there i don't think it was filmed in the best of its ability it sort of definitely thing. it was, well, it was shot very... are totally different characters completely it, it's a totally different movie it was um, shot very blandly like the the, yeah. hoop, the hooper version looks every frame at least looks interesting this one just looks bland that's that's my uh, big issue with it and, and the, uh, the other issue is like I, I was talking about in the other version, how like you feel like you're trapped in this town. Like you, like in the original version, it felt like somewhere where like, okay, I can't get out. And this one, like, it's just a suburb, dude. It's, it's, you know, it looks like the suburb I live in. Like yeah. I could, I could walk a mile and a half and get to a train and get to Chicago. Yeah. You're right. You're you know right. that. So I, I didn't get that feeling that like there, this, this town is inescapable. I didn't well, have that. It didn't have that heaviness to it. Head. He's so traumatized by everything that happened yeah. that he can't escape. And that's why you got this, this well, year. I mean, I well, think first, that Ben Mears, Ben Mears in the first one was really plausible, but I think that Rob Lowe sells the character a little bit better in the movie. Not that I as love far as, as far as as far as the as far as the he, he sells he sells the haunted being being haunted by this childhood of the Marsden house. Yeah. But but he doesn't really sell how he doesn't sell how he's gonna you know make it pay and how he's gonna be the hero. He doesn't sell the hero part at all. <laughs> but he does sell he sells the beginning it's quite well. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I mean, well, he's thing deeply is that, flawed in nature, but, and, but I think it comes across more with Rob Lowe than it did with the other Ben Mears. That's all. But but the thing but the thing you need to know about Salem's Lot, as far as that Stephen King's books all take place in this same area. His little so universe. basically, yeah. yeah. Salem's Lot Salem's Lot is only thirty miles away from Derry, where it takes place. Yeah. It's the next town over from Castle Rock, where. Carrie mm-hmm. takes place and Dead Zone takes place. But it's so a nice the, little so gimmicky thing that Stephen 
King encapsulated yeah. for his novels and stuff. But because- but they're but they're not but but Sandlot's not off on its own by itself. I mean, it's 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 basically you know it's a twelve a twenty minute drive to Castle yeah. Rock. It's a thirty minute drive to Derry. It's you know so when you when you when you start reading Stephen King books, you realize that they all take place in around in Castle Rock and uh, and the towns next to Castle Rock. So and and you know, and when you read Salem's Lot and stuff like this and like you know they they do mention Carrie about the high school that blew up yeah in the next town over yeah and then and then when you read um and then when you're reading um when you read the dead zone they're talking about you know you don't you can't go to um Jerusalem's lot because um it's a ghost town and everyone disappeared there and then they then so, they got the, the priest and the, the gunslinger and the dark tower series yeah so they they have an interconnection so so it's not really that kind of a remote kind of place yeah. but I do, but I do, but it does have a the small town in the original is better than the small town here though because this does some this kind of looks like a prop up. Town, I didn't like, like what town. they did with the doctor. In this town. I don't like what they did with the doctor in this version. Really, I don't understand what that need was for to make him messing around with the little girl that he was. Well, that, that's part, that's part, but that's part of the that's part of the original novel. I know it is, but I still don't get what that had to do. Because with why they didn't incorporate it in the movie well is what I'm saying. No, yeah, it didn't incorporate. I mean, in the original novel, basically what happens the the, the, do, the doctor's come the doctor's got his medical degree. Right. He can't find work. He can't work. He, the reason why he can't find work anywhere else is because he has some kind of malpractice that went on. Right. So he returns back to Salem's lot. And this is his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Sort of thing. So you got that. But then he had the Crockett thing, which is that there's the incest between him and his daughter, which is kind right. of touched on mm-hmm. here. So so well, I'd say it's pretty over. Well, t- I don't think it's just touched on. Oh, it's it's over. It yeah, isn't yeah. yeah the- they, they touched on it here. They didn't put it in anything else. Yeah, but I mean, when I say when I'm, I guess what I mean being touched on, um, basically because like he in became the book, lunch I mean, because I'm not going to drink your blood. <laughs> They're going to in this fashion. Yeah, but, but in the, you in the like book, in this fashion, though. They, yeah, they get so they get hot and heavy in the book. So I think. Yeah. What was that, so. Jane? In this fashion. This version, though, what I was going to say, though, is this version, like you're saying, you've got all these different things going on with horrible things that are going on, like the battering of the baby and the wife, yeah. uh, the doctor up to no good, the dad with his daughter, this, like the disabled boy that gets basically abused terribly. Right. And it's, it's, I think you had oh, so much goodness in him, the first that movie. Poor kid. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody in the first movie is all goody, goody, goody and really nice and all the rest of it. And this one's just turned on its head to be in yeah. every single person in the town as doing something that they shouldn't There's be doing. Something wrong so just, with them. Yeah. yeah, it's just chalk and cheese. It's just totally changed. And that kind of, to me, I found it depressing that the fact that it was just There's like no there was good nothing, people. There was no way to get vested. You know, with any nothing of these to be happy people. about. Nothing at all. Yeah. I agree. So, and I think you know, and I think that's probably where they've gone. They've gone too far one way. It's a bit you know, and I think that's and I. And that's why I think if you take the two movies and take what's best in both movies and then mix them together, you'd have a fantastic sales lot, which uh, the new one that they're filming at the moment might do that. So it'd be interesting what they do. But um, but yet it does. But it does suffer from that. And Rucker Howard, I mean, his Barlow didn't seem that. I like I like the scene with him in the I like the priest sequences though I thought the that, I thought this priest was a little bit better about being more you know the well, alcoholic yeah, priest uh, and uh, what's his name uh, fuck how do James I Cromwell James Cromwell who's a fantastic actor so yeah he's, he's that'll do pig 
That will do. <laughs> I, I was also thinking of him as uh, as Dudley in uh, L.A. Confidential. Confidential, yeah. Which, you know, I think He's is always... one of the greatest movies that got robbed of the Oscar, got robbed at a Best Picture for a, a movie that didn't deserve it. Um, yeah. So I mean, he's uh, always he's always do the great performance. Yeah, he's always gonna be great in whatever he does. So there's Samantha Manthus. I thought was badly cast. I like Samantha Manthus. I mean, I always liked her. You know, Biloxi Blues and everything right. she's done. The relic, I guess. She was but, my first um, princess. Peach. I love Biloxi Blues. That was a great one. She was my first Princess Peach. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was Princess Peach in the uh, the '90s version yeah. of uh, uh, the Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Yeah. With Bob, with Bob Hoskins, be, yeah, she'll always be Princess Peach to me. I can't remember everything I've seen, but but she's she's quite a good actress. But I think that I don't know for some reason she's kind of miscast here. She's also never really like yeah. taken off to be like a huge star either. She does a lot of broad. She's a Broadway stage actress. She does a lot Maybe of that stuff. True. So a lot of Neil Simon stuff that she used to do back in the eighties and nineties, sort of thing. Maybe that's so, part um, of it. But um. So yeah, but I mean, her character, her character is a bit more interesting and ballsy. But the reason why she goes to Barlow's place is kind of odd. They use yeah, three hundred extras for production in this. They well, did. that's the, most of most of them for the end when they're all vampires and they're chasing. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Streets. So so there's there's some things that they get right. I think the kid. I think the kid was well done. The uh, the young yeah. boy. I thought he was well done. But there was there's a there's a real weird disconnect in this movie as well. So you kind of watch it going, well, I like this and I like that and I like this, but I like Rutger Howard as the vamp. I love Rutger Howard. He does he gets a lot of he was kind of okay. I found the thing. They said he remained in character. Was it wait, Rob Lowe during filming of the final confrontation with Barlow? Rutger Howard went off script but remained in character and launched into a bizarre non-sequitur soliloquy about wanting to be a cowboy <laughs> that's right i forgot about was, it i had no idea that was all that was he just listening to the kid rock song <laughs> he just went fucking nuts i guess i don't know i mean what they what they had to do is and then basically then they had to reshoot the scene and then they had the whole description the over rob, rob lowe's but they, but they had the whole script above rob lowe's um shoulder so he could read off the script it reminds me of Jonathan Brin and Louis Edmonds fighting over the teleprompter back in the 60s. <laughs> but the thing is, because of that experience at Rutger Howard and for Salem's Lot 2004, I believe he got fired from the next three films because of it. So that's the reason why he Are you supposed to be in three? What were the other three films that he was supposed to do? I think he... Um, I think Near Dark was not Near Dark. It was um, in 2005. I don't know. I can't remember. If you look it up, there's a lot of films he started getting fired from. So obviously he was, he, <sighs> this is the part where he starts disappearing from our view. Where and he's he not starts, being cast anything. And he starts showing up in uh, the worst Dario Argento movie ever. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, which is a shame actually, but um, he's a fan. He was I mean, well. He was. He's dead now. He's a, he was a fantastic actor. So it's it is it is a shame to see him kind of. I, I don't know. Maybe was he actually having like memory problems, or was it just who? like stubbornness? Oh, Hauer? Yeah, was it just stubbornness? Well, he did. Or, well, he did go. He did did some of uh, at that time. He did get on. He was doing True Blood. He was on True Blood for a while in like the third or fourth season. 
He did do a couple mm-hmm. other movies. I, I mean, he seemed okay in the other movies, but I, I think he was okay. I think I think basic. I think he. I think he's. I think ego. I think a lot. It seems to be a lot about ego from what I hear, from what you read. So maybe you know, maybe maybe he became the hitcher. You know how like um, Dustin Hoffman became Rain Man after he became Rain Man. So everything everything he did after Rain Man was like his Rain Man acting or hmm. Al Pacino. Every time you see Al Pacino, he's chewing scenery now. So maybe he just became the hitcher for everything he did after that. <laughs> maybe he just evolved that character and just became part of him. You know? He did yeah, a lot. So. Of, he does a lot of weird roles that other people don't do, though, or he did. Well, well, after this, he started doing a lot of lower budget stuff. Yeah. Which maybe it's like, well, he, Ruck- maybe that's all he was getting. Well, there. he wanted to well, work, Rucker, you know? Maybe well, Rucker, Rucker Howard's basically, I mean, he's Paul Verhoeven's brainchild. Yeah. You know, that's where yeah. he comes from. Like, if you all those Danish, all those um, Dutch films. Yeah. Like yeah. Spetters and that one with Jennifer Jason Lee, um, Flesh and Blood, and so that on. That was so a far, weird so. movie. That was a really weird movie. Yeah, he was he was the guy. Yeah, that that, that Verhoeven brought into the brought into the world. So, what did he well, play? But, yeah, he was in Hitcher, Lady Hawk. That was another one that didn't do too well at the box office. Blade, Blade Runner, Runner. good Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Blind Fury, Turkish Delight. Have not seen that. Blind Fury was an interesting one because he's. It's kind of like a westernized Zatoichi. It's really, really weird. I saw it. A, I saw it a while back. It's a strange little movie. He it's was in kind of, Batman Begins. Yeah, he yeah. was. Um. Uh, um. Um, Carlisle. Oh, Please. that's right. He was the vampire yeah. in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. I remember that now. Okay, that's yeah. where he got his vampire thing going on. Mm-hmm. I always thought of him as more um, of an action star, though. Than, than that's the way I look at it, because all these are wanted, dead or alive. He was an Argento's Dracula? Yeah, he was Van Helsing. That's right. Oh, my God. That's yeah, right. He's, uh, the, uh, simultaneously, the... the uh, one one of the worst Dracula movies I've ever seen, and the worst Audio Argento movie. I, I've ever I seen. kind of liked it though. I don't know why it was skeevy, but I actually liked it. I, it it's just weird. Um, to how watch many it. gummy bear? How many gummies were you eating, Vicky? <laughs> three at the time. How high? I, how high, I, I think how high was, were you? I think I took two or three different strains, but no, I actually like him. Yeah, but that was, that that was makes another sense. one. That starts making sense now. We'll have, Take, to, watch, we'll have to ask Sean, too, because I'm not the only one that gets high and watch he, 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 okay. he never watched Dracula 3D. He asked me, why would you do this to yourself? And I said, well, 3D. it's the only Dario Argento movie I've never seen. I have what to see. What was his last movie? Deathline? That was Dark, uh, Dark Glass. Oh, wait. oh, okay. You're talking about Howard or are you talking about our... Okay. Howard? No. Rucker. We're talking about Rucker, Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard. But I know I was talking about Sean because he likes to get high watch movies. It's not just me. I don't know. Whatever, whatever he was watching last night. I don't know. I, I, I was working last night. I have what no idea. What was Rucker Howard's last movie? He doesn't say... But but the, the thing oh, about no. the thing he's about dead Argento's, now, so he's not making any more. So the thing about the sisters brothers. The thing about Argento's Dracula is for a director who is so known uh, for making movies that are so visually stunning. I was expecting more. I, was. I could not believe how flat and ugly this movie was. It was flat, but I still liked it. I don't know why. Maybe because the characters were kind of fun to watch. I mean, I like watching Maria. Maybe it's, Aria, so. maybe, maybe it's oh, uh, um, uh, uh, Asia. 
Azure, Azure, Azure. yeah, Azure, um, Azure. But the, I, I remember the, the the one thing that I liked about it was that uh, that cute redhead that was in it. <laughs> so Asia Argento. Hey, there Asia wasn't Argento. any ugly women in that movie. But Asia Asia Argento's not all there anyway. She slept. No, she she's... slept with. She slept with a a guy named JT Elroy, who is a famous author, who wasn't a guy, was a woman pretending to be a guy, and she never knew. How do you not so she know? Can't be, so she can't be that bright. <laughs> Sorry, but I guess the first the I'm hearing are about off, this, you might not know. I had um, a huge, I had a huge crush on her. Uh, Excuse me while I go get my strap on. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never heard this story before, so I don't know. I haven't either. I don't know. I don't know how you can't tell. I don't know how you can't JTL, tell. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix about JTL Elroy. JTL Roy was basically, apparently he he wrote well, he wrote this book. I can't remember the name of the book, but it did really really well with the critics and and all the Hollywood lovies got on board with. It. It's like oh my god, it's about this boy. And it's basically this, he said it's a writing around about how his mother was a prostitute. His mother used to sell him off to, to sleep with um, truck drivers. And then when the child services takes him to go live with his religious gr grandparents, they used to like bathe him in Clorox and scrub his body clean. And his mom used to make him wear a dress because he could make more money. So this is basically a true story. Come to find out. You know, Aza Argento buys the book to make the movie of it, which she did, which is the only movie she directed. But um, she ends up having an affair with this person. But the 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 gist of the story is that this book was actually written by a suburban middle middle aged housewife who hired this woman to pretend that she was this male writer. <laughs> And this is what, and this is what like, Gus Van Sant and Madonna and all these people are like hailing this person who's not even a real person. So I think it's this person who's been hired. But the worst part is Asia Argento actually slept with this author who is a female pretending to be a male and never knew. So figure that one out. So, wow, so, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand how you would. So know. you're saying that he couldn't keep his scenes, and that's why he went into that blithering about the cowboy stuff. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I I just think you know what the time the time this we was probably filmed, we should we like, should have just thrown like, Return to Salem's Lot under the bus too. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I watched Return to Salem's Lot immediately after Salem's Lot, and then I and before this one, and I, I was like, it. this movie is trash. This movie is this. This movie is that. And after this version of Salem's Lot, I oh, went back I see. and said, I you know, I was saying. way too hard on a Return to Salem's Lot. I just way I just too hard on. It. It just wasn't. I didn't like it. I I I just don't like it. I this was really movie. Disappointed. This movie makes Return to Salem's Lot look like Shakespeare. What the two thousand four? <laughs> the two thousand four movie makes Return to Salem's Lot That's look like Shakespeare. That's scary that you disliked it that much. You have no redeeming qualities. Huh? The second half got good, but by that point, I was half asleep. You know, yeah. it it, start, it finally started to get. I just around didn't. To I just was trying to figure out where they were going in the end with this. Okay, I mean. They're okay. The kid goes off by himself and he's in a hospital bed. Is he having an out of body experience? Is he dying? What's going on? Speaking of, well, speaking of the hospital bed, ben, that, talking, ben, Ben Mir, that what well, you're talking about the bookend, right? There, no, Ben Mir, yeah. And the, I mean, he died, he dies, of course, but basically, what they've done was basically he goes after James Cromwell, kills him, which is 
not in the book. I don't know why right. they added that there. And then he tells the story of what happened. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, so the boy's basically with him, but he has to kill Cromwell because that's what right. they're there to do. So he puts a pillow over his head and then he then he sees that Ben Mears is dead. So he's going to fit, you know, he's out on the world on his own. Though but they don't, it but doesn't they, make but a lot of sense. he's coding in the end. He's, go, he's coding, but they're bringing him back and you don't know. They end it like that and then get to the music, you know, cue in music and that's how it ends. It doesn't really give you any conclusion. Well, so well see that in the, in the book, Salem's Lot burns to the ground. Right. And there, there is a sequel to Salem's Lot that um, Stephen King did write in Night Shift. He never released it, though. It's in Night Shift. Um, it's a short story in is Night it? Shift about this guy about this guy who picks up this hitchhiker, this little girl, and she's trying to get back home to Salem's Lot and come to find out she's a vampire. No shit, I so, didn't read that. What book I wonder if that's what... I it's, wonder it's, if called that's what it's called Jerusalem's Lot. It's name. It's a short story right. that's found in the in the Night Shift short it story. It is. How come I've not? I wonder it. if that's what Larry Cohen was going off of when he made a return to Salem's Lot. I'm gonna have to download Night Shift. I, I guess I just need to read it. I don't uh, know. I don't know. Makes sense. That. I wonder if that's what he was going for. See, but I mean, spe- speaking of the hospital, though, the Glick boys here. The scene where he's he's in the hospital and, you know, that that's where uh, that's where the first Glick boy shows up. Nowhere near uh, as good as the, you know, the scene at the window in the Toby Hooper version. Um, And then when you do get the, you know, the Glick boy showing up for. um, Oh, God, was it was the main kid's name? Uh, Mark. uh, when you do get him showing up at Mark's window, it looks awful. Like the like I I made a point posting both pictures on Facebook, and I was like, how does the, how are the effects better in 1979 than in 2004? Because um, the 1979 version still looks eerie, still looks right. creepy. Right. But the 2004 version just looks like just this awful. Uh, terrible early think, 2000 I, CGI. But see, I think I think that has to do more with the filming is 35 millimeter for the TV right. version. I mean, for the 79 version, which is film. And they kind of gave it this Melrose look 2000 look, you know, that that kind of a glossy TV look that they yeah, had at that time yeah. period where, yeah. where they probably they probably would have been better not having something so glossy looking and having something a bit more filmy looking, more film oriented. You know, if they use like a 35 millimeter film. I think this film probably would have looked better, but because it has that TV gloss over it, I mean, it looks like Beverly Hills 90210 the way it's filmed. Which is, I think, part of the reason I just could not buy this as a town that's drenched in evil. It looks like, you know, hey, I'm I, I can walk around the corner to the sub shop and get a sandwich, and you know, it, it looks it looks it's like a, there's a McDonald's nearby. You know, there's, a, there's probably a, there's probably a Starbucks on the corner. It it doesn't look like a town that like would actually, you know, feel like like it would trap me. I think that was a and, big and there's part some of weird, it. And there's some also some weird forced Stephen King references in there, like a dog bark, shut up, Cujo. I was like, what? Yeah. Or or the or the petrol station blowing up, which is assigned to Carrie. Because the petrol station blows up and carries us so a nod to that. And there's like these weird nods that they felt forced in there. It's just like yeah. 
You know, it's a bit like Cat's Eye. You know, like when you watch the beginning of Cat's Eye and you got the cat running, it's like, you know, you get Christine stopping before it hits the cat. Then you get the dog chasing after the cat, which is Cucho. You know, it kind of felt like that a little bit. It's like, why did you didn't really need to do all that sort of thing? Because these really weird things kind of take you out a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, I mean, if Cucho was a St. Bernard dog, fair enough. But I mean, basically, it was just a, I don't know, wasn't it a, do a dump? A pincher, one of those pincher this, dogs, uh, whatever they call. Was this an early attempt at making a Stephen King shared universe? They were gonna, they were gonna do Cujo next, like and, like Castle Rock. Yeah, Castle yeah. Rock ended up doing it. I, I still haven't seen Castle Rock. Um, I liked the first kind of, Castle kind of, Rock, but I kind of dropped off after. How do we forget about Cujo when we were talking about the you know the the good uh, Stephen King adaptations to film? I, I liked Cujo at least when I saw it as a kid. Yeah, I liked it. It's okay. I mean the um, the book is better sort of thing it's usually the case so, it's only because you kind of get inside the dog's head and you kind of you feel sorry for the dog actually because the dog doesn't know what's going on because he's been rabie bitten so he's got like and he, he's like he's like looking at his master and they leave him and he doesn't understand why they left him and he doesn't he, he's getting like all this so you kind of so he's kind of what well, stephen king does a very very good job with cujo as far as the book is concerned i think i think this is where he starts going into his drug haze after this point so but but it's a good book, to Cujo. I'll give, I'll give Cujo. It's, it's better than Christine, but so. I, oh, Christine, one of the one of the better Stephen King adaptations to film. But and again, a great director, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. So, so again, a, a great director with a great vision, like you said. Yeah. So I guess looks like we're not going to have a lot good to say about this. This should be rated. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, it has its moments. I think Rob Lowe is still pretty. <laughs> you know, I mean, I he's, don't still, ever, he's still a very pretty man to this low. day. He's, he's just still, aged he's, freaking good. He's still good looking yeah. to this day. Have you seen him in that new net? Have you seen him in that new Netflix series that he's got? I heard about it, but I haven't watched it. What, what was it? He's still, he's aged, he's aged fantastic. I can't remember the name of it, but he's aged very well on it. So he's, he's aging. I mean, he's 60 now. So yeah. I saw, I saw him in something recent and I was like, wow, Rob Lowe still looks, still looks young. Great. So oh. yeah, good on him. Whatever he's doing, it's working. He's got, he's one of the few that didn't really get into all of that. Rap, I think he got into it a little bit. No, he, 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 no, he just got, he just thought the major one, high school, the hotels and stuff like that. But yeah, I think he straightened out after so. that. I think that's what happened. Yeah. God forbid I mean, we all have a past. Oh my god. He, well, I mean, I feel sorry for his brother Chad because obviously he never the, did um, make the, it. Well, that's not bad. It's just that the, the tree of youth didn't really stick with his brother Chad, did it? I didn't Chad see. I haven't seen. I have to look him up now. <laughs> You're crazy. I like well, some I mean, of the stuff he did. I, I think if we all had Rob Lowe's money and and the you know to the the ability to live a stress free life, you he know, our mostly stress free life. I think we'd we'd all look uh, we'd all look like we were in our you know mid thirties, well into mm. our sixties too. Mm. No, like think, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, well, yeah, Cassandra Peterson looks fantastic for age as well. So you can't. I didn't know some there was people a people are lucky. In Ohio did not know that. So.
So, Vicky, how many stars are you going to rate Salem's Lot from 2004? Um, I'll give it three and a half, just because I like the story. I get three and a half because Rob Lowe is pretty, but I really wish that they'd have done more with it. They had a chance to do something with this, and I think they kind of missed it. They missed that ship. So, but I mean, I, I wouldn't turn it off if it was a rainy day. I'd probably keep watching. I mean, it's not horrible. Mm. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Mm. I think the first half is horrible. I don't like how they lined mm. up the characters. A lot of it was, I think it was thrown together and done in a certain time frame where they couldn't tie up loose ends properly, I guess. I don't know. Mm. And what about your stuff, Joe? What are your thoughts? What's your, what's your scoring? Um, I'm giving it to, um, uh, uh, the opposite of Vicky, like Vicky's, I wouldn't turn it off. If it was a rainy day. If I didn't have to watch it for this podcast, I would have turned it off. I, I always uh, give something a chance, you know? I mean, how much of a chance can you give a three hour movie when you're an hour and 15, an hour and 20, an it hour took and me two it. nights to watch it. It took me two times to watch it. And then uh, I had to go back and review it because it didn't keep my attention like it should have. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I watched it in one sitting because yeah, like I, I have two days off the first day I watched the Hooper version and I watched a return to Salem's lot. And then the second day I watched this version and it just, wow. It just felt like just a real waste of time. Uh, I, I, it's so like I think the worst thing that a movie could be like the like as far as bad as Return to Salem's Lot is, it's interesting because it's batshit insane. Like you just end up with a Nazi hunter in the middle of it, you, you know. Like that, and there's Nazi vampires in Salem's Lot. Okay, whatever, I'll go with it. It's fucking crazy. This one didn't have the decency to be interesting, and that's the Nazi, worst thing you could Nazi do. Vampires either. <laughs> neither did the hooper version but you know return to salem's lot if you can't be a good movie at least be so batshit insane that i could sit there and go you know what i'm just here for the train wreck and yeah. that's what that was um this one yeah did not that's a good way to look at it yeah the, this is you know this is the worst kind of movie the movie that's competently made enough to not be terrible but also because it's not that terrible and incompetent it's not fun to watch like this isn't the room this isn't uh you know uh plan nine from outer space this isn't something where it's like okay yeah it's terrible but it's so terrible that it circles back around to being great this was just bland and dull and I just like I'm pretty sure I dozed off like three or four times in that first hour and a half. And I messaged you guys. I was like, I'm taking a break because I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm preheating. I'm preheating the oven and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to you know make my make my dinner. And that, that'll that give me a nice little the first Salem slot I watched straight through. No problem. This one, I took a break. I had to I, I had I was sitting there like bitching to you guys. <laughs> For like I twenty, was funny. for like I twenty-five love it minutes. Something you can't stand it. It cracks me up. It's like something's like gotta hate Joe hates it. So <laughs> he gets the freaking laughs out of the deal. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, when when it's like this, it's like, dude, you you have, you know, like I I was making you know I was making the comment earlier about you know you know sometimes you just don't have the means to do something great, so you gotta you know you gotta temper your expectations. This was made for a major television network that had Ted Turner's money behind it. Yeah. So there's no excuse for this. 
Um, and that that's why, like, I'm harder on movies like that. I'm harder on movies that have, like, the means to do something special and don't. That's what I'm saying. They had the opportunity and they missed it. That, that ship sailed. You know, the, the, the guy, the, you know, the, the independent filmmaker in your town that is uh, shooting his film on, you know, the lowest stock available, the lowest stock video available using consumer equipment, using, you know, whatever uh, community theater actors are in your area. I don't expect his movie to be anything special. So whatever he did, I am you know good on you for making it. But when you have a cast of this caliber, when you have the money that this production had behind it, when you have all these things going in your favor and this is what you turn out, I am more disappointed in this than I am in, you know, the, the, the 19, 20 year old film student in your town who's just trying to make his first movie. Cause that kid has nothing and he's trying something. These people had everything, every opportunity. And this is what we got. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So I I can't, I I can't be kind to these kinds of movies. And the only reason I gave it two stars is because the second half actually gets interesting. It actually gets better. Things actually start happening. The effects are bad. Uh, the, 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 The set design is bland. The town is bland and nondescript. And the town is everything in this movie. Or or should be, and I never got that vibe that like I was trapped here. I like I felt like I could go to Starbucks right now. There's a there's probably they probably cut off the street right where there's a Starbucks, <laughs> you know. And that's what I felt about it. I was I just couldn't get behind it. I couldn't do it. Well, we know we know what Joe's getting for Christmas the Blu-ray of No kidding, I'm gonna buy him. The actually, I actually have it on DVD because I'm I, gonna get him the movie I, poster. I, here's here's the, <laughs> I'll I'll frame the movie poster, but no, I actually have it on DVD because I bought a box set of Stephen King movies, and on the description it just said it, The Shining, 1997, and Salem's Lot, and I thought the Hooper version was on it, so I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just buy the Hooper version separately and I'll have both, and I never watched it until now. Um, but I wanted the 1997 um, uh, uh, Shining anyway, uh, because I remember seeing it on cable or, uh, you know, uh, back when it aired. And I remember actually kind of liking it. And I wanted to revisit anyway. And then it you know, worked out because we did it for the podcast. But um, so, yeah, this was just part of it. So I was like, yeah, I already have it on DVD. Don't need it on Blu-ray. Don't know if it ever got released on Blu-ray. Don't know if it deserves to be released on Blu-ray. Don't know if we can. I don't know if we can get that white wall to be any blander. <laughs> <laughs> and what about yourself, Jane? How many stars would you give this? Yeah, I, I nearly lost you. Just about lost power there. That's what was running about for. <laughs> um, uh, I would give it three. Uh, like I said before, it was depressing. Um, it's bit. not a town. If yeah, if your town was like that, would you stay there? Would you really stay there? You would move. Especially- Even the vampires would I come. Can't- Especially a town I like this. A ta- I come from a town. Ta- I, I come from a town like that, so it's not too bad. Right. <laughs> like that. And, right. both, and they both moved. They but both you left. Moved. <laughs> I would not go back you to did. that. You away. You paid me. I, I yeah. mean, you know, especially that small town does not look like it's that hard to get out of. <laughs> you know, it's not not like the other one where you you know you actually feel like oh man, this is oppressing. This one felt like no, I could I could leave at well, any time. In- well, interestingly enough, um, you know, when I do go back home to visit family and stuff like that, the people who do stay behind are a lot like the town, the townspeople 
Yeah. Yeah. When, when I go back to my way. old neighborhood, yeah, you always they have, have those no people. lives and they gossip. And if they don't got any real information, they make it up or they joke or they do what? whatever they can to try to ruin their and their boring. You go life. home. You go home. You're the prodigal. You're the prodigal son. Next day, you're the bastard that left. Yeah. He's better than everyone. <laughs> la la la. But, that, that's great, yeah. but yeah, that's 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 the thing. Whenever you get the people you can who never, never go left, home, if there's a lot the of people who never leave. leave their town, you know, it's 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 sad when mm-hmm. you go back. When I go back to my old neighborhood in Brooklyn, it's you know, I just I don't understand. Like, it's hey, whatever, man. You you don't want to do anything that's else. You don't want to get out. But I I, I can. New York City is very heartbreaking for me to visit. It's not New York City. It was specifically like my block. It's like, how do you people never leave this block? Well, a lot of that's the way it used to be, though, before we were born. I mean, that's where people gathered. That's home. They don't leave. A lot of people still believe that, you know. I've got a lot of people in the sand flat of Watertown, still Italian cohesive families that don't leave where where i live now is uh is kind of like that too because there's people there's people like me who moved in from out of town and then i you know where where i work in a bar it's you know it's the same people coming in all the time and not not that i have anything against regulars but a lot of them a lot of them are people who moved here because this is like the corporate capital of the world like all the major corporations have their big um they're big home Amen. offices here. So we'll get a lot of people that moved here from Philadelphia, moved here from Baltimore, moved here from Colorado, moved here from wherever. But then there's always those, those people that have lived here their whole lives and they've never gone anywhere. Chicago and they all know each other. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. they won't even go to Chicago. They like hang around in like this, this suburbs. little small suburb. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like I get out to the city as often as I can. I don't understand the the, desi- the like this lack of desire to do anything outside of the same five bars that you know. Yeah. <laughs> but- Some people just, you know, I, I, you know what I equate it to? The world is too peopley, and there's so much crap out there that people just we don't go anywhere anymore. We just try to stay in our own little niche, you know, like the gang. Well, familiar, familiar, on familiar. the podcast, first yeah, but- thing you just stay away from all that. Stay away from people. We have a but familiarity does can can buy can make you content as well. Yes. So you can find content. I don't know. I kind of like our town here. I kind of I know everybody. We're kind of happy here. I don't mind. We don't go out much, but you know, I guess it's stuff keep us busy. I guess it's never. If you look at my if if you look at my if you look at my Google timeline. Basically, I go work and home, and that's it. So, I mean, I'm yeah. not like I'm living an exciting life here in London. I might live in London, but my life's not exciting. So, lately, that's what it's you know. been. Well, you know. What's that? He's going I'm to more London. jealous she's in place to go. Scotland right now. I'm super jealous of you right yeah. now. Well, I mean, a lot, a lot of what I've been doing lately hasn't really been leaving the house. But when I, when I do get a chance to go to the city, I take it immediately. Yeah. You know, get out there and well, do something. Well, we're here until March, and then we're back to the states. So, but um, oh yeah, have you, there, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, but um, for me, for Salem's Lot from two thousand four, I'm going to give it three. I like the idea that it tried to stick to the book. I just kind of wish that they, I kind of, I just kind of wish that they were able to play it out a little bit better. I know it was kind of like, they got a chance and they just kind of missed it. Yeah, but I, I think that I think they took things too literally. That's the problem. We got one that didn't, what, what didn't go literal. Well, they just went too literal. It's like everything that's in the book is kind of here, but yeah. at the same time, Toby Hopper 
version didn't go literal enough. So I just think if he took the two and he came out with a happy medium, I think we would have had yeah, a fantastic. That probably maybe right. yeah, maybe that's what the new one is. Like yeah. Keith said, maybe the new one's like that. I will there's say, a new I will, one. There's a new there, one. There's another one coming out that's being yeah, filmed now. They're making it from, from the people who did it. Oh. So, oh well, all right. might be a, okay. Yeah, it could. So uh, you we'll know, see. the the first it chapter one I really really like. It was one of my favorite the one. movies of the, of the recent. The, I the, loved the, it. I loved it. Chapter new, two yeah. I thought was awful. So I, it fell know. off yeah. about halfway through the second part. Yeah. So um, we'll see how that goes. I, I will get. I will give the 2006 version this. I could understand why uh, why Barlow and um, uh, what is his name? Uh, his partner. I, I could understand. Yeah, Straker. Straker. I can I can understand he I can understand why they put an antique shop here right. because this town actually looks like it has a population where you can actually make money because yeah. <laughs> it made no sense to well, have it an antique does, shop because if you're in a New England town you could have twenty people in that town and there's an antiquing place. Well, I think I think what you, I think that the, the, this is where there's a bit of a, a disengagement here, Striker. Um, as far as Stryker from Salem's Lot, his antique shop would later go on to be Needful Things. So as he's selling right, stuff and buying right. stuff, oh my God, he, he's, he's, he, he, he's taking, he's, he's buying their souls. That's so right. basically, I and, totally that's, and that's what he's doing. Needful that's what, Things, needful things so that's is another what, very good one. Doing. It's Charlton Heston's kid directing it. And Bonnie Bedelia, yeah. yes. I was like, I, there, there was somebody, Bonnie Bedelia is in Needful Things as well. Yeah, and and Ed Harris. So, Eddie but Harris. um, <laughs> but that I mean that's where that's what Stry that's where Stryker's business goes after Salem's Lot. He goes on to needful things to Castle Rock. I thought he sell, died but, though. In the uh, book, he does. Well, he's no, Leland Gaunt so. in Needful Things. But yeah. he's still Stryker. I don't know. Yeah. If, is it supposed to be the same character? Yeah, it's supposed to be the same character sort of thing. Boy, so Salem's Lot connected. just can't catch a break. They're just full of assholes for such a little task. <laughs> so, yeah. That's again, again, um, Stryker goes to towns and drives them out where towns deserve to die. Yeah. Because of the people in them. And Needful Things is the same story, basically, except it's not vampires. It he sets the town against each other. Right. They're all fighting against each other. So. Yeah, it was, it's really actually a good like I can watch it. Yeah, yeah, well, I, this I, brings I, us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Um, next week, we'll be doing our M&M, Monsters and Madness. We'll be covering Deliverance and the film Race with the Devil, both films from the 70s. Our, our book to screen next month will be Lovely Bones by Alice Bold and the Peter Jackson film of the same name. Batman will be continuing with our Batman series. And, of course, Doctor Who will be continuing. And our next make-remake will be Internal Affairs, the, the Hong Kong film, and The Departed. So there'll be our that may our make and remake. So it's before we go, Jane, would you like to tell our viewers where they can find your books and where they could find you? Anywhere on Amazon. You can find my books. They're everywhere. Um, they're in some good bookstores as well. So you can go and have a look. So they're in some stores as well. Um, you'll find me on my publisher's sites. If you just Google JM Robson and Three Little Birds, you'll find me. 
it's easy awesome. enough. Also, mm. I do have I do have a Facebook page. I'm gonna um, Google you and creep all your stuff and look at your books. Well, oh, we're gonna get out of here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you enjoy. And I'll, and I'll, Let me know what you think. And I'll make sure that we have all that information in our show notes, and then make sure you uh, it'll be in our newsletter as well that goes out. So, so I guess it's good night for myself. Good night, Vix. Night, guys. Have a good one. Good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Good night, Jane. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good night. And we'll see you next week for Eminem on Monsters and Madmen, which will be Deliverance and Peace with the Devil. Good night, folks. Your name is Dracula. You suck the life right out of me. With a thing called me. With a hint of intensity